You know what? I'm going to come out right now uh, opposed to Charles Manson. I don't care what you say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Boo on okay. that guy. Well, I'm going to get controversial. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And this is Sneaky Dragon, episode 362. Look at us in a jovial mood <laughs> with a bouncy start to the show. Yes. A little spring in our step. Yes. That only comes from a freezing cold office. And you swearing before we started the show. Sure, sure. Why not? we got to use that explicit rating or we lose it. That's how this goes. Well, you didn't do it during the show, though. You did it before the show. That's right. Because you said... What? Fuck that. Did I? No. Nope, that's not what I said at all. <laughs> what a liar you are. How dare Just you, Just trying sir. to keep the explicit rating. All right, that sounds Fresh. fair. Hey, Dave. Yeah? I've got a bone to pick with you. Okay. Start off with this. Sure. So I'm checking out my Sneaky Dragon feed. Yeah? Well, what the heck? There's another show on there. Oh, dear. What's, uh, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening? Have I been replaced? I guess I should. Uh, have, I, have I gotten the tap on the shoulder? <laughs> have I been Jeff sessioned out of here? That's Tell great. me what's uh, going on. I guess on. you ha- didn't read my Twitter feed today. I always read your Twitter feed, and then I immediately drink until I forget it. <laughs> that is how I start my day. <laughs> I'm like, can I remember anything Dave said? No. Let's start the day off now. That's a good way to start. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, you're right. We did. I did. St- uh, this is on your suggestion, by the way. You said, mm-hmm. you said, Dave, do a spinoff. Yep. And so uh, I did a spinoff. With which is not, which mm-hmm. is not a sidecast. Not a sidecast. And you clarify that off the top. This I is did. not a sidecast because a sidecast involves you and me. Yep. Uh, and traditionally going over uh, intricate details of a certain topic. Mm-hmm. Could be the Beatles, completely sure. Beatles. Yep. Could be Tintin, totally Tintin. Or it could be uh, the Marx Brothers, full Marx and Marx Brothers podcast, yep. which is still going on. That's right. Uh, but this is different. This is completely different. No, what's well, not completely different? It's totally it's still though, got it's you. Entire, entirely different. It's still you. But I'm using a f- different voice. Oh, I what's speak, your voice? I, I speak in a funny like voice like this through the entire show. Hello, everyone. Right, because that is the voice you use when you talk to your daughters, <laughs> and your daughters are involved. They've never taken me seriously. I don't know why. You can never. That's what they say to new parents: is don't mm-hmm. let your daughters know what you really sound like. That's true. In case you need to bail. Yeah. Yeah. In case you need to. Know, <laughs> like, what's your father sound like? And they'll go, her sounds like this. <laughs> and then it's like, they'll never find you. Also, wear a fake mustache. <laughs> Preferably painted on. Yes. The, yeah, we started a new podcast called The uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. And it's a, basically a musical podcast, a music podcast. And I'm doing it with Mary. My daughter, Mary, is, uh, is the co host. Because we had so much fun going over the um, top five sort of things we did for the for the question and answer show, where we had like kind of a bonus episode of just music, right? And we re- I really enjoyed doing that with Mare. And so I said, hey, what do you think about us going through all the mixtapes that I did, mixtape or actually CDs, mix CDs, but I like to call them mixtapes that we I did, and we just go through and talk about the songs and and you know sort of the, the history and stuff. The first show's a little rough. We'll get better, but do you blame um, Mary? No, I blame myself I as always. Mary, right? I know, I know where the blame lies. Okay, very good. As she rightly points out near the end of the show, I'm the one who has the experience, and she is the the newbie. So uh, that's true. How She's many right. episodes do you think you've done so far? Podcast four hundred, probably four hundred, probably more than that. Because we did, we've done three hundred and sixty-two of these. Hey, by the way, what? Uh, happy sixth anniversary! This is our official sixth anniversary. Of oh, Sneaky is Dragon. it? Yeah. Oh, very nice. Three hundred sixty-two. So we're gonna shows. have sex tonight. <laughs> yes. This is our... Not with our, each other. This is our sex anniversary. Not with each other. Nope. 
and and not me with anyone else actually very just, good just me by myself because lisa's away okay so she's she's gone to toronto for a few days very good but um so i don't know what i'm gonna do about this you really put me in a bind uh well whatever you're into <laughs> <laughs> That's right. well happy anniversary thank you thank you i think uh congrats happy anniversary davy to us got you on my mind, mind. The yeah, so that's and you're celebrating the our anniversary by cheating on me with another podcast. <laughs> I don't think of it as cheating. I no. think of it as as, adding, as polygamy. I think of it as adding to our our network of shows. Sure, we the Sneaky Dragon Network. We've become kind we've of now a, got five shows. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So so that's the idea of the show is we just we just play play the whole song and then we uh, talk about it. Uh, I try to give some trivia and just. It's a little bit of fun. Cool. Hopefully I like, like uh, I like Mary's description of it, which was like, it's a spinoff, uh, like a sitcom where a, where a character gets their own show. Yeah. Uh, I think she was saying it was like Friends with Joey. Yes. But I, I would say that's not the, well, you know what? Maybe that is. Okay. But uh, like, I think of it more as like a Mork and Mindy. Kind of situation. Okay. Yeah. Where okay. it's like the, the original show is still going on. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. like a friend's was it's ending and then yeah. you continue. This is like yeah. a that's like a Fraser, I suppose, this is a spin-off, but I f- I feel Fraser is a continuation of che- sure, Cheers. Cheers. Sure. And the Cheers uh Cheers averse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They probably shared a lot of writers from the original Cheers as well. I would I would assume so. Certainly producers. But yeah, so yeah, it's it's a spin-off in the Mork and Mindy. I think you're right. Or Laverne and Shirley, or true, yes. Or um, oh, we can go down this road yes, if you want. We have before. Let's not. Let's not. Yes, <laughs> that dumb angel show and all the rest. of That's it. correct. Something's follies and that. Well, Blatsky's beauties. Yes. Oh, Blatsky's beauties. I'm sorry. Johnny loves Chachi. I was thinking of Flatsky's follies. Oh, were it's you? A, a different sitcom. Okay. Yeah, that one. Did it last longer than Blatsky's beauties? Because it frankly had to. <laughs> It, that did not last very long. It lasted a full half hour. Okay. Yeah, longer than Blatsky's Beauties, which they took off the air 50 minutes into the show. Like, if you didn't get a spinoff out of that show, mm-hmm. something was wrong with you. Oh, I'm looking happy at, days. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Donnie Most. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, yeah. <laughs> Donnie Most? Ralph Mouth. You think Ralph Mouth deserved one? I don't, say, I don't think he deserved one, but I'm oh. saying, like, that he didn't get one mm. speaks to his character. And well, I don't mean as a person, but to his character. As character on the show. Yes. Yeah. By the way, uh, all, John- I was going to say all of those characters were supplanted by very early on. Richie, yes, Ralph, and Potsy all were supplanted by other characters, such as Fonzie. Okay. Chachi but you never Joey. got a Fonzie without a Richie. I mean, it was they were a twofer, really. They, they were the bouncing it off each Richie other. Richie left first. Richie yeah, left and the then show, it didn't and really so, work. Yeah, but I mean, but the okay. show carried on. Fair enough. I just mean that. In terms of a fan, like what people liked wasn't yeah. those three original characters. It was all the different. Yeah, Ralph was your spare redheaded guy who mm-hmm. uh, would just tell jokes, and it was like, "Well, you're a comedy. We yeah, already yeah. got lots of that." But here's a bit of trivia for you: okay. Who was the person who created the Ralph Mouth character? I'll give you another. I'll give you another uh, bit of trivia that might help you with this trivia. Okay. The person who created this uh, also created one of the best sitcoms ever in the in the '60s. Created one of the best sitcoms ever in the sixties. Okay, uh, did not was not part of the original Love and the Happy Days, Love American Style uh, thing that uh, that uh, set the show on its way. So he did not create Richie. He did not create okay. the family. Uh, he did not create Potsy. He but he created uh, this character, the jokey character, and created one of the best sitcoms in the nineteen sixties, and became a very popular director as well. I'm going to give you that, and then I'm going to throw you one more hint if okay. you can't get it from there. Well. Isn't it um, Laverne's brother, Gary Marshall? Gary Marshall created Happy Days. 
Oh, he created Happy Days. Oh, that's I'm right. Sorry. Okay, so, so that's so it wasn't him. One. No, okay. no. What really? Mel Brooks had but, a part of this. You're telling but, me Mel Brooks, had but a part. in some for a while yeah. related to oh, him. Oh, not not Mel Brooks though. No, was it no, Mel not Mel Brooks. But again, there's so I'm a connection. Get smart. There's a connection. Of Buck Henry. You're really dancing around the closeness I'm to really who the dancing. person that created Ralph Mouth was. <laughs> okay, uh, so Rob, uh, not but uh, Carl Reiner. Yes. Oh wow. Carl Reiner created uh, the Donnie Most character. Did Carl Ralph Reiner Mouth. have a hand in creating the Dick Van Dyke Show? He created the Dick Van Dyke Show. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize he. was No, it was about him. He was the he was originally uh, the star of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh, because he was like- a writer on the show of shows, and the That's show right. of shows yeah, was, it was the all basis. based on that. I so, see. but he wasn't likable enough, uh, really, and so they recast Dick Van Dyke in. Mm. But yeah, he's the creator of the Dick Van Dyke Show, Interesting. and then later on was Dick Van Dyke's boss on the show. Much much better in that role. Yeah. Did you think they ruined that role, that character, when they showed him though? Because wasn't it like the the, the whole thing was just the back of his head? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. But I guess after a while, you have to kind of build on that. How long do you keep, play yeah. the same gag That's out? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Hmm. he was a good character, too. I and mean, then he went on to direct, you know, a lot of Steve Martin stuff. Oh, you know, stuff, The Jerk, yeah. uh, uh, Man with Two Brains, which is a very underrated, a weird very, film. very, very underrated film. Another one I really like a lot is uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. And his son. I think is quite yeah. ingenious in its incorpor- oh, in- incorporating it's, noir footage yes. into this into this film. It's really quite neat. Yeah, I was just going to say, and, and my link before where I was going, like, he's sort of related his son, Rob Reiner, was married to Penny Marshall for a while, mm. who was the sister of Gary Marshall. So they were all in that same inbred uh, circle. Did- and, of course, he was the partner of Mel Brooks for The 2,000-Year-Old Man mm-hmm. and many other things. Mm-hmm. And did Rob Reiner – did he ever do a little thing on um, Happy Days? Rob Reiner? Yeah. I believe he did play – yes, I think he – I think he was. He did do a character on Happy Days. He, okay. he was a hippie in a lot of things. He was on. He um, was on Partridge Family for sure, and Rock Files, and many, many other things. Kind mm-hmm. of a kind of a loser uh, a football quarterback. That is quarterback. his usual character. Yeah. Is the loser hippie <laughs> uh, kind of jockey type yeah, guy. Yeah. That's right. He was also on. Um, he was also on. I'm pretty sure he was also on Leave It to Beaver. That is, it's possible. And his best friend was Albert Brooks. Oh. And his father, Carl Reiner, thought Albert Brooks was the funniest person he'd ever met. Hmm. And that's someone who was best friends with Mel Brooks. <laughs> there you go. So pretty good. Unrelated Brooks. Totally unrelated. Yeah. Two Brooks that ne'er did meet. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be His real name Brooks. isn't Brooks. Is it not Brooks? Oh, oh, Mel Brooks isn't. But Albert no, no. Brooks is. Albert Brooks is Albert Einstein. That is correct. His brother, Bob Einstein. Yep. Who was quite funny on uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee recently, which I saw recently. I don't know if it was a recent show, but I saw it recently. We're just going to keep doing trivia now to wake ourselves <laughs> Until up. we get to uh, the, and But you, by the way, okay. so over over 400, because mm-hmm. we did 30 Tintin, mm-hmm. 16 completely Beatles, and then we've, we're approaching, uh, f- we'll be doing 14 full marks. Very good then. Good on us. Yeah. Okay, here's a weird thing about uh, Bob Einstein. So Bob Einstein, I kind of got to know because it was uh, after my time, the Smothers Brothers show, and he was a regular on I got that. to know him too, but you go on with your story. Okay. <laughs> but on the Smothers Brothers show, he played a police officer who would do things like he would pull- <clears throat> uh, Officer Judy. He would, yeah, that's right. He would, uh, he would, Liberace would be playing the piano, and he'd pull up next to him going a little fast, weren't you? Like jokes <laughs> like that. Yeah. But do it with it going a little fast, weren't you? Because boy, his voice sounds like he'd use a lozenge for forever. <laughs> but where I got to know him was there was a show that was showing on pay TV in the States and CTV in Canada mm-hmm. called Bizarre. Yes. Which was kind of a, a sketch comedy show with a lot of dirty elements. So there'd be a reason yeah. for a lady to take off her shirt at a certain point. That you do, why would you pay for it on, for, on pay TV? Right. If so on pay breasts. TV, you got to see that. Yeah. And you did not get to see it. On uh, Canadian, they would just pull up a shirt or see, you just see her back and go, whoo, 
and everyone would uh, <laughs> ooh, and uh, probably does not hold up well today. Yeah. There was a slide whistle sound. Yes, ooh. and uh, inter- it, yeah, there's a mm, yeah, it's interest. It's interesting. There's a there's a lot we could get into about bizarre. Yeah, but uh, that therein he started to do a character called Super Dave Osborne. Yes, which was an evil Knievel parody. That's right. Which was. It turned out to be one of the better parts of the show. For sure. Yeah. Great visuals, good gags. Slapstick is, is funny. But here's the thing. So this was uh, like a really raunchy show. Yeah. Like a raunchy show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like even without the nudity, there's a lot of dirty jokes. Sure. There's a lot of ethnic jokes. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, blank bombs being dropped. <laughs> and there's all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And a certain degree of that was in the Super Dave Osborne bits. Later becomes a Saturday morning cartoon. Yes, but before that, it was also a, a live live action half hour show as well. Yeah, but then it became a Saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on an R rated, uh, you know, the, uh, the the TV series with just him in it was toned down quite a bit. It wasn't. It was. But he was swearing. also in the he was also in the cable uh, version mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, yeah. But look, we're, you're just talking Canada, but to Americans. Oh, okay. This guy was on the all boob. Uh, show right, and then it was like, hey, you know what? This guy who's like on uh, boob review, uh, we should make him a Saturday morning kids show. And people went, yep, and they did, and that wasn't a problem. And you just go, ah, the past. Yes, <laughs> what a different time. It sure is. Yep, my experience. Tell me, Super Dave Osborne. But then, if you had a kids show, mm-hmm. and then you went and you masturbated in an adult movie theater, well, then you lose your kids show because you can't have that. Yeah, no, that's terrible. which is where you're supposed to masturbate. That's yes. where you're supposed to do it. That's where you're supposed to do it. That's exactly the place. Yeah. Well, what was he doing? Well, he was masturbating where in the masturbatorium. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it's called. I don't know. Um, yeah, Super Dave Osborne uh, came out of when I was working in a parking lot one time, and I can honestly report that he is incredibly cheap mm. he did not appreciate the price of parking in vancouver okay not a bit and he complained in that very scratchy voice. yes hey, oh, and he complained in a way there. that it seemed to imply that i should not charge him and just let him go ah. and, and i said did you have that kind of clout and i said pay up or sit there for the rest of the day <gasps> i could care less oh, i did not say that oh my stars <laughs> my attitude said that mr dave my attitude that said that to everyone i came out pay up because you hated the smothers mothers so much you know, I do like the Smothers Brothers, mm-hmm. but I do not like hearing about their show. Oh, you do not like hearing stories about their show? No, no. Okay. Because I think that they have mythologized the show to to a degree now where it's was killed by the network. And yeah. Did you see when they brought it back? And it wasn't very good? It, no, it wasn't that it wasn't, wasn't very good. Mm. They brought it back and it was exactly the same. Oh, I see. And it was like, we've all moved on. Yeah. And that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel that way about the Smothers Brothers as well. We've all moved on. Well, I like them themselves. I will see them yeah. doing a, a nice performance, and I will I will sure. enjoy that. But the, Love the structure Yo-Yo of Man. the show, yeah, yeah, the Yo-Yo Man, I like the whole mm-hmm. thing. Sure. Uh, and and again, my uh, I enjoy the records. An old boss of mine uh, uh, was officially the reason that they got thrown off the air. David uh, Steinberg. David Steinberg. David Steinberg. Yeah, he was doing his Moses bit because they were no more religious material. Okay. And he would go out as Mo, as Moses and yeah. be like doing a speech of Moses. Sure. And uh, they said, if you do that again, the uh, show's off the air. And they did it again and the show went off the air. They were as good as their word. <laughs> and how was the Moses bit? It was okay. It was okay, yeah. I don't know if it's worth losing your show over. No, that's I don't good. know if it's a statement that's yeah. worth you losing your show over, mm-hmm. but fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, like I know people were mad about the Vietnam War. Yeah, but they were. They were. <laughs> but 
but you know, you're doing like a, a variety show for general audiences. Like, I, you know, I think put it in, make, you know, but don't get hung up on it. Again, it's like, such a you kind of lose your sense of humor about stuff like that, and the show can it's become. It's also new, though. Like, I mean, yeah. again, you look at when we did our our Beatles uh, podcast, completely Beatles. Let's plug that one more time. <laughs> plug it in. You 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 realize how short a time the Beatles went from you know mm-hmm. she loves you sure. to all you need is love. Actually, yeah. that seems about the same, doesn't it? it seems similar themes. Um, anyway, I know what you uh, meant. But you yeah, meant they're from, so radical. From please, please me to Abbey Road. That's right. I mean, seven years. The the way uh, the world kind of changed, especially America and mm-hmm. the UK. You know, For everyone's sure. learning what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. What what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And and so I could see how you're at the tail end of that. Yeah. You're like, well, we've got a TV show. Well, we can't just be sellouts, man. We gotta like <laughs> say something. We gotta say something. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, how do we say it? And like they sort of knew some of how to say it, but they didn't know everything about how to yeah. say it. And so you try it and you just you, you screw up and you get kicked off and then you become a hero and it's that's fine. But, but I yeah. think it is a factual fact. Okay, what's a factual? Right, that it. a lot of comedians lost their sense of humor and through the sixties, like Dick Gregory and uh, Paul Krasner, Mort Saul, like a lot of people who were big names mm-hmm. crashed on the rock of the Vietnam War. Sure, that that huge seismic change in the culture. The Kennedy assassination was a huge, was a real problem for all all of them as well. Yeah, who's the guy who did Kennedy? What's that guy? Who was the guy who uh, who was most famous for doing like the first family, like the, uh, the oh von Meter, von Meter? But I'm not as me- I don't mean that. I mean like no, that- I know, but there's a specific example. yeah, there's an example of somebody. But I'm thinking more like Martin who became obsessed with like would actually walk on stage with with the newspaper, not the newspaper. Would walk on stage with the that with the um, investigation, the whatever it was called. I can't remember. No, it's flipping the, mind. the Warren Commission. The Warren Commission. Yeah, he'd come on stage with that and he'd read it out to the audience. Like, and then Lenny Bruce would go, "I got to read my court transcript." <laughs> like, hey, fellas, well, uh, well yeah, there's room enough for both of your boring bits. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> but at least Lenny Bruce, it was personal. It was like personally connected to him. It was his life that was being put on trial. Whereas, whereas Marcel had become obsessed with something that you know is already like five years in the past, and he's walking up on stage and. You know what's really weird going, is going on and on Mort Saul's still around. Sure. And Mort Saul's, Saul's still doing that. Mm-hmm. He's still got the sweater. He mm-hmm. goes on with the paper. Yeah. First of all, you go, where'd you get a paper nowadays? <laughs> There's still papers. Good for you. There's no, it's amazing. Papers. It's just like, where'd you get that from? Yeah, at just the grocery like, store. Or... like, oh, that's just the penny saver. He's just, that's coupons. <laughs> He's just faking it. <laughs> well, you know, newspapers are still around. The penny saver's gone. Okay. Well, here's what I got to say to you about uh, about that. It's like if you're a comedian and your material is based on I don't know, men and women are different, or oh my wife, or <laughs> you know, boy howdy, where I grew up, it was like this, or yeah. my country is blah blah blah. Okay, so by the time you get to see the person, they've done this for years and they've worked out the act and they've tightened the act and mm-hmm. they've done their really shitty shows, and now you're seeing them and they're gold. Yeah, that's great. Now, if you try and change your material to be in any way topical, you're seeing the shitty material. Right, you know, you're because it's got to be, it's got to be new, it's got to be now. Yeah. So you don't have time to work it out. So you're gonna always get like a rougher uh, bunch of stuff. So yeah, it's always gonna go, you know, it's gonna be harsher <laughs> unless you've got but a structure in that's, place. That's like true to the degree. Daily Show, yeah. where you've got so many writers and you've got you know how how to do it. But if you're one comedian, Jesus, that's just so hard. It's just I'm incredibly sh- hard. I'm sure it is hard, but I, but someone like Mart Saul successfully did it for a long time, where he would would walk on a stage with a newspaper. Yeah. And comment and, and crack funny on, on the news. I wonder how different. But though, I just mean what I mean is that eventually it became impossible for them to be funny. Like they just became so obsessed and serious and you know. But, but just, how many comedians, honestly? 
uh, last longer than 10 years tops. Like tops. Of like being fresh and not... 100. Then, 100. 100%? 100, 100 of them. Oh, one, just 100 in total. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe. That's a fair number. There's a lot of comedians out there, so maybe. But I'd say like very few remain like uh, it comedians or relevant comedians. Yeah, that's and true. then all of a sudden you're Willie Tyler and Lester and like, oh, I like them. They're fine. But there they are and they're over there and it's okay. It's fine. But sure. you're not going to get them on The Tonight Show or yeah. what have you. You're not going to be like... Mm-hmm. put out there so so that's the other thing too is you got to like go when a certain amount kind of died because of the politics but they would have died anyway there's a certain amount of like some would have died of the old age of their act anyway yeah that's just a thing that happens to almost every comedian you know you go like oh i really like I margaret know. smith what happened to margaret smith i don't know who's margaret smith oh good point i don't know anymore bye she's gone i like margaret smith i mean maybe he's the exception to the rule but there's then there's someone like george carlin who started off as a very straight comedian right went through the seismic changes of the 60s, mm-hmm. went through all that, and then came out the other side funny and was still funny. Mm-hmm. To, a, to a degree. Was he? Class Clown and AMFM and stuff like that. People, those were, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like... I mean, those, are post, those are post-change albums. That, yeah. Uh, well, when he started just like dissembling like all the words and stuff, like, you know... Like, yeah, that's a bit that's a bit dull. I mean, uh, I remember um, Rick Moranis did an impression of him. <laughs> yeah. Which was, you know, a pretty good impression. Yeah. And apparently that super hurt his feelings. Yeah. But it was also like, eh, that's kind of true. Yeah. That's kind of true. But you're right. He did go through his Beatles, you know, period mm-hmm. of, uh, of transformation. Yeah. But of course, you're going to mention the best that you're going to, you're always going to have like the 10 best that you're going to remember. I know. All the time. I, said, I said he might be the exception to the rule. He is in, definitely the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many comedians that have changed their style or evolved or continued and, and kept mm-hmm. doing specials over and over and over yeah. again yeah. up until the day they died. I can't really think, I can't think of anyone, frankly, except for possibly Cosby. And I don't know what happened to him. I haven't heard from him a lot lately. I hope he's well. <laughs> Robert Klein, would he would he fall into that, or do you think he's kind of faded? Robert Klein, I think, stopped doing stand up and started making more money doing all the other stuff that Robert Klein would okay. do. Yeah, being a commentator instead of a comedian, doing like the real people type stuff or like segments on the news or okay, you know, what have you. You know, was he on Real People? Yeah. Okay, didn't know that. Uh, I didn't I, know who he was when I when I watched. I remember that show. he did a bit on fast food, and I, there's something on there that I that I always remembered where he said where it's not a funny thing, but he's just going like, you know, pizza is the most nutritious of all the fast foods. I'm like, oh, that's good to know. So if you're going to make a choice, <laughs> like hot dogs, hamburgers, any other things, yeah, uh, pizza, that's your that's your go-to. He didn't say what was on the pizza. I mean, that's there's sure. things that you should not eat that would yeah. be on the pizza. Don't have poison. No, but he yeah he was a he was a regular in the later seasons of uh, Real People. Okay. Oh, later ones. Yeah, I stopped watching. But, oh, you like the early classic I'm more real of a, people? Yeah, more of a classic. You're more of a Skip Stevenson sure. type guy? Yeah, like, me, yeah that's me right. Skip, yeah. You didn't like it when the kid from uh, Christmas Story showed up? You don't even like know what you're talking about. Tell, tell with that, you said? I don't even know. Do you like even... a Byron Allen? You like a Stone? Uh, yeah. You like a Byron Allen? Byron Allen, yeah. Very good. Skip. Okay. Yeah, Fran Tarkington. Oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. Sorry. Yeah. Next up now. With John Davidson. And Mary Crosby. Oh. Is that who was? She's got three names, doesn't she? Oh, I don't know. Kathy. Ooh. Oh, maybe that's. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, it's not Kathy. I think it was. There was Sarah. You're pa- thinking of Kathy Lee Gifford, I think, which is different. Oh, I'm going to look up who's on That's Incredible. <laughs> you shouldn't. I'm going to give you a Byron Allen type lead in, though. Like like I'm on his uh, TV show, like the Byron Allen uh, show with the comedians. Hey, Dave. How, hey. You got a problem with furniture, right? I do have a quite a problem with f- furniture. Excuse me, I'm looking this up while you vamp. What? I'm supposed to wait a second. What do you mean? Tell me your problem with uh, with furniture. Why? Why am I supposed to be talking about furniture? Because that's what he does on his show. He just gives people lead-ins. He's got four comedians around. Oh, okay. You know, it's like so. 
The weather's been weird, right, Steve? And then Steve goes into his bit on the weather. But don't isn't it pre-set up? Oh, I, I hope so. <laughs> or, man, that guy's the worst host. Should you have texted yeah. me earlier and said, So Dave, Dalmatians, am I right, Carol? Dave, bring oh some my furniture gosh. bits. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if he didn't? Oh, that'd be great. I mean, they didn't put a bit. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> or if they just mixed them up. <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh so hard. Okay, that's incredible. So let's see. So that's incredible. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Kathy Lee Crosby. Oh, Kathy Lee I knew Crosby. she had three names. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. And I called her Mary Crosby, which is wrong. Yes, you did. I'm so sorry that that happened. Wrong all around. Yeah, it was, there was a really weird episode of that show where she visited Evil Knievel. Okay. And basically, they start going out on the show, basically. They, they start, they fall in love on, in this episode of That's Incredible. It was very strange. Wh- what? They actually started going out? Yeah. They started dating. But his name's Evil. She should know. She should know better than to date evil. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, it's E-V-E-L, not E-V-I-L. Oh, fair enough. Oh, Fred Willard was also on Real People. (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) I'm glad you're glad I'm taking you down memory lane. No, this is no, it's interesting to me. I'll get I'll get more into this in a second. Keep going. So, so they start. How how, do they start flirting? Did he get her on his bike? Did he jump over a bus with her? No, no. What happened? She Did says, he say love is the real risk? Yes. And then he came out of the relationship with three broken bones and a shark bite. <laughs> he did, but he kept his he kept his cane full of whiskey, <laughs> his glass cane full of whiskey. No, she. It was weird. It's, it's this kind of thing where, like, you know, you're like, oh, this is like an interview, and they're going to have an interview. Next thing you know, she's like laying around on the couch, and so it's really weird. Like, <laughs> this seems way more intimate than it should be. Like, what is? Oh wow! What am I, I seeing? I want to really see this odd. segment. If you can find that clip, that'd be great. Oh my God, I, could try I remember it. one episode of uh, That's Incredible where uh, they showed how bees sting you, and so they they put the hand out and they had a close up of a person being stung by a bee. I was like, oh, it's disturbing. Oh. They showed what to do. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's still what you're supposed to do, but so the stinger goes in. Basically, its butt gets ripped off. Pretty yeah. bad. bad sure. Feel bad, bad for the bee. Bad for the bee. It didn't eat this. And it's got the little pumping venom pouch. Yeah, that's yeah. Going, pum, pum, pum. Sure. So take your credit card, scrape, oh. scrapes off the venom pouch. Okay. But it feels like you still got a stinger in it. Sure. Pardon me. Um, yeah. So on real people, the other people that were involved, yeah, there were Peter Billingsley from A Christmas Story. He was a Not little. Not when kid. I watched it. Uh, Fred Willard. Okay. I don't remember him. Fred either. Willard's solid. Okay. I've, I've got to meet Fred Willard. He's nice. Uh, uh, John Barber. John Barber, I remember him. Who yeah. really only seemed to have done that show and then that one documentary about Ernie Kovacs. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and yeah, Mark Russell, who would sing songs about politics. Great. All the Democrats, all the Democrats, <laughs> well, they're just talking there, talking through their hats there. The Dama, 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 Crats. <laughs> I'm not offensive. <laughs> That's the thing. Yes. Then. Oh, and how they would do? Sorry, at the I would watch those 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 Mark Russell specials on PBS. I think because I thought that I was a smart kid, and that I would I should know these things and I should appreciate this because it's going to be so hilarious. But it really, no. to say it left me cold would be a lie because it left me like it left me sub zero. Like I was I was I just didn't get any of it. You yeah. know? Like I wasn't really I wasn't really a Beltway kid. You know, I didn't really know too yeah, much about it's, uh, uh, it's the not... Tip O'Neill references went right over my head. And, yeah, it's just the tip of the O'Neill. <laughs> Let me tell you how I really feel when Reagan's got his ray gun at the stars. I'm not offensive. <laughs> the thing that used to bug me most about real people. 
I yes. like the segments. Okay. And I remember there once was a very sweet one on uh, Terry Fox, which was great. Sarah Paulson, she would do the human stories. So she would cover Terry Fox, and it was great. And it was like teary. It was what? sweet. It was nice. Yeah, they would do real, like, they would do, like, one heartfelt I bit. This. I do remember them uh, doing the, the San Diego chicken. Yes, they covered this. Really got to the nitty gritty about oh, that man, chicken. Oh man, did you ever feel like that was just like you really yeah. knew the chicken after that you guy was that. popular for like about a week? He's still doing his thing. Oh, I know he is, but he got really popular. Oh yeah, he like, got super popular. Something happened for a while that was like, what did he do? Yeah, wow. you know, whoever that guy Blinkers can, is now, or uh, Pepe, or you know, old uh, you know that guy. You know, what I'm talking about Freakazoid. You know, the one that disturbs everyone now, Blinky, gritty, gritty. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he was the gritty of his day. Okay, but here's what bugged me on real people. Yeah. I, I didn't mind the segments because you got to see some real people, and that's fine. But beforehand, they go, let's go to the audience and see what they've got to say. And they would feed the audience these hack bits mm. to say. Okay. And they would just they would just say them, and they would just be like, well, they didn't write that, or they didn't. It would be like, like uh, hey, if it's so smart to do drugs, why do they call it dope? And they would clap. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And then go to the next one. It'll be like, what the hell is this shit? Why are you making these people do, they, do your hack wait, material? Did they stand up in a cornfield when they said this? <laughs> I wish. Salute. <laughs> um, I do, okay. I remember the San Diego chicken. Okay. The other thing I remember is a guy who could drink a, a glass of beer in one gulp. Well, that's not a big deal. No, like a big stein of beer. Yeah, I know, but that like Benny Hill could do that. He did that regularly on his show. I didn't. I didn't watch. That's Benny not. Hill. That's not. You just open your throat and like. Don't I was care. above Benny Hill. I was. I was too busy watching Mark Russell. <laughs> <laughs> tip of the hat to Tip O'Neill. <laughs> I ran contra. Dun, 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 don't dun, you dun, want dun, dun, the <laughs> shows to go away? <laughs> All of our north, don't you sally forth? I am not offensive. <laughs> 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 Take that, Richard Carpenter, and you, and you, Fred Armstrong. You guys, <laughs> who's he singing about? That's right. That's <laughs> who, right. Who are these people? Here are the people in the Senate here, where there's John Deere and there's Morty McPherson. Also, we've got Philip Anderson and more to come for the next nine minutes. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta do filler when you've got an hour special on the PBS. Oh, lordy. That's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy because one of the crazy things about PBS to me actually is that element of. Take your tote bag back. (laughs) Well, it's so weird. Like, that a plate, like. I feel like we saw more things come out of Boston on PBS oh than we saw than we saw come out of New York. Mm-hmm. Like, why did they have such a powerful PBS station there? Whereas New York, I guess, I guess Sesame Street was the result of, of was it? Where did Sesame Street come out of? Well, the Children's Television Workshop, which I that? assume is was based in New York City. Oh. well, I know Zoom was out of Boston. Zoom was out of Boston, and that was a popular show for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So you got a studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. You got a studio, I that's was, where you're going to shoot things. <clears throat> I was just reading this book called... Also um, had the Boston Pops. I guess they had some art scene in Boston. Well, they did. It. It's interesting because I was just reading this book called Astral Weeks, The Secret History of 1968. And basically, it's about what happened, in, what was happening in Boston during the 60s. Because, you know, we all hear about New York. We all hear about LA and San Francisco. Those are like the kind of main hubs of... of and London, of course. But in terms of America... But Boston had its own kind of scene, and this guy is kind of exploring it because it kind of starts with the fact that Van Morrison, when he when he like kind of quit 
Bang Records and, and went on the run, basically, to get away from Bang Records. Very, very close ties to the, to the mob. Mm. He holed up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, near Boston, and started, and started uh, doing live shows and stuff there. Got, got, got a pickup band of local guys and started performing shows there and developed Astral Weeks o- over time. And so he's talking about that, but he's also talking about other things that were happening there, uh, clubs and books that were written. You know, the the um, the guy who wrote the uh, Thomas Crown Affair, which he was based in Boston. He worked he worked for that bank and basically created the caper in Thomas Crown Affair over the what he's what uh, inefficiencies he saw in the security mm. of this bank. And he th- he said anyone could mm. rob this bank, <laughs> and he you know and so he. But rather than act on it, he just he wrote this this movie and made more money off of that than I'm he would have sure probably he, robbing yeah, the bank. You think you're right? See, and, let me tell you, crime doesn't pay. Crime. Think of that crime thing that you're going to do. <laughs> write a book about it, there or make go. a movie about it. That's right. Make the real money that way. Sure, sure. Uh, but the other th- interesting thing was this TV show, which was called it's called it was something like What's Happening, Mister Silver, some kind of name like that. It was hosted by this British university professor who was teaching at uh, uh, Tufts University. And they just kind of hired him to be the host of the show. And it was just like this weird, like, uh, experimental film interview show all at the same time, huh. like with weird cutaways and, and, and just, and I've tried to find stuff. It's, uh, there's a little bit o- online with it. Uh, mostly interviews with this, um, kind of acid guru named, named Mel Lyman, who started a, started a commune in, in the, one of the poorer parts of Boston called Fort Hill. And they bought a bunch of houses in a row and created the, this Fort Hill community, it was called. And he was basically the, the leader of this group of people that he kind of used as, you know, LSD as a way to break down people and kind of brainwash them and, and stuff. And that was interesting. But, yeah, it was this show. And so the, there was one episode where they had, you had to tune, you had to have two TVs and you tuned into the, the main TV channel. And then you tuned into like tw- channel 22. And then things were happening on both screens simultaneously, but separate from each other. So they were interviewing someone, but they were showing the face of the interviewer on one television and the person being interviewed on the other. Or they were playing like a ping pong and it was bouncing between the TVs and all this kind of weird stuff like that. Like, just, you're like, what, what kind of crazy show is this? <laughs> this is really interesting. And the show uh, got very, it um, interviewed Howard Zinn, I believe his name is, who was also based around Boston, who was kind of the Noam Chomsky of his day. He was very opposed to the Vietnam War. And he wrote, I think, The People's History of... Anyway, it doesn't matter. He wrote a book that's quite well known. Sure. And uh, so they interviewed him, and he, of course, was really outspoken about the Vietnam War, which did not go over great yeah. with the with Boston, with the, kind of the general Boston community. And that really put a lot of pressure on the show. And then they did an episode examining that interview mm. and their and what they, their approach to it and stuff like that. But it started with the host sitting in bed with his girlfriend, who was topless. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like... Oh, it's an episode of Bizarre? Yeah. Super good. Dave Oz went off to the There's a little side whistle. Boo! <laughs> no, it's just... It's so weird. Like, the, the show happened. It only lasted <laughs> for like two years, though, because it was so... It was so out there that it just yeah. couldn't couldn't survive itself. But it sounded really interesting. I was, the whole time I was reading, I was just like, this is fascinating. I'm trying to find some could clips happen. from that, too. That mm-hmm. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just something... Yeah, the book's quite good. Uh, it's called, yeah, like I say, Astral Weeks, The Secret History of 1968. And just... This is kind of fascinating. Well, the whole Mel Lyman, like that whole, there was a Rolling Stone expose done by this author named David Felton, who it was like a two-issue kind of bring down of this uh, of this um, fam- this kind of very. I mean, people were 
people became very wary or yeah wary of these because of the Manson family, of course. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like your your ultimate in bad yeah. acid gurus. And so Mel Lyman, who I think was obviously a control freak, who had claimed he claimed to be God and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or he'd say people say I am, you know, you claim to be, you claim to be God. Well, people say that I am. Kind of talk around it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really it's quite an interesting book. And and the other interesting thing from that was that the actor in Zabriskie Point, this guy named I think his name is Mark Frechette, was a member of the family. He was a member of the Fort Hill community before he got hired to do this film. He was actually seen at a bus stop and hired just based on his looks. And then and then the uh, actress in the movie, he kind of they started going out, and he got her involved in this community as well. Oh, okay. And. Uh, and that did not go well for any of them at all. He ended up in jail for robbing a bank. And let's just say this. Hey, hey, Manson family, thanks for ruining it for all of us. That's right. We could have had like lots of acid gurus if it wasn't for the, for the you jerks. Yeah. Man. Also ruined ruin a good song for a while, too. So, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to come out right now uh, opposed to Charles Manson. I don't care what you say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Boo on okay. that guy. Well, going to get controversial. I will. Anyway, that was... And I don't think that swastika in the forehead is no. a good look. <laughs> you don't think so, eh? No. I'm going to come out against swastikas as well, especially in the forehead. It's a sign of luck in some cases. Oh, is it? Can you spin it and see if it lands on something lucky? (laughs) That's right. Let's spin it. Who do you think? Yeah. Do you think the... Who do you think... We're going to say, who do you think besmirched the swastika the most? Well, what I was going to say was, do you think the swastika made Manson look bad, or do you think Manson made the swastika look bad? Who came out worse in that deal? (laughs) Who who was like you know what I already I already people yeah. think I'm a piece of shit sure people don't like me but I didn't need this yeah also thrown onto the fire sure. I well, don't need Manson yeah. wearing me on his forehead that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't help my brand at all or is it Manson going like you know what I'm yeah. already not looking great to people because mm-hmm. of the murder yeah now this swastika is making me look like a jerk I did an impulse thing now I'm regretting it <laughs> who who came off worse swastika or Manson well Manson Manson came off worse. Yeah. Because of swastika? Well, swastika is... <laughs> first thing, I would just... Because of, of all wanna, the, hol- wanna, the Holocaust? I don't want to blow your mind. Yeah. The swastika is a is an inanimate object. All right, fair enough. Whereas he is a person making conscious choices to carve a swastika into Well, you're saying it's an inanimate object, but yeah. let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. Once it was carved in his head, it was moving around a lot. <laughs> it was moving a little bit. Yeah, it was a When he scowled. Yeah, it yeah. would like scrunch Came up together. and be like, oh, look. If he was surprised, it, it would rise up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know what you mean. It did yeah. have some movement. I'm just saying it had no choice but end up on his up on his forehead. Do you know what? I think both couldn't have happened to nicer things. <laughs> well, I feel sorry for the swastika. All right. Let's take that out of context. No, I just mean the like the the object. Oh, I see. Okay. Because, you know, you you can see it in like in, in I think it's Navajo, like there's an Indian band sure, sure, sure. In, yeah. in North America that used that as a as a design element in the, in their blankets and things like that. And in India as well, it was used as a... Sure. But I think it was reversed. I think... Um, that's that's correct, yes. I think Hitler took it and he switched, turned it the other way. He said, I'm going to take this sign of good and t- make it evil. By well, the problem was he was holding it up to a mirror. That's a And problem. so he got it wrong. Yes. I think that's the problem with his whole life. Yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe his whole uh, mirror image type yeah. thing. Yeah. Everything was reversey, reversey. Oh, maybe. But I think he associated the swastika in India with the Aryan invasion of India. Mm. and so And then the fact that... Somehow he thought that they were descended from from the from this Aryan tribe that was marching about in Asia at one point. Every so often, people say, "I'm taking the swastika back." No, you're not. 
You can't People take say it. that? Yeah, they do. They're oh, gonna, like in terms of like the original, it. yeah, reclaim. Yeah, we're going to reclaim it. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, can't take it back to the store at this point. It's been too used. No, no, it's that's right. It's been too used. You know, I'm bringing this blender back. What was in yeah. it? Poison. Well, then no, you can't return it. <laughs> I understand. But it was a good blender. It was a good blender. Yeah. It was a good blender. Yeah. We admit it was a good blender. Then someone used it in Jonestown, sure. and now we can't return the blender. Yeah. So we're not taking the blender back ever. Mm-hmm. Throw the blender away. It's That's done. Right. That's right. People tried that with the Confederate flag. Yeah, quite often. Yeah. And they said, it's besmirched. It was on the hood of a car in Dukes yeah. of Hazard, so no one can use that. Thing. <laughs> yeah, boy. Dukes of Hazard. Boy, howdy. <laughs> There you go. Oh, boy. Different Different, different times. times. Old TV shows. Um, speaking of a new TV show, real quick. Okay. Just because I was like... In time's a, up. Oh, no. Uh, I was in a discussion with uh, on Facebook uh, with some uh, some people who are listeners of the show and some oh, other really? people today about this. Uh, not, have, you, this. have you been watching the Netflix Sabrina show at all? I have seen all of the first half. Okay. I have, I'm up to, I think, episode eight. So you're close. I think it's ten episodes. Now here's my. It's going to be twenty episodes in total. That's right. They're still shooting it actually in uh, in the lower mainland okay. right now. Um, so here's my question about this. Okay. My question is now you've sure. mentioned on a previous show, I believe that the there's no sense of humor. I've mentioned this as well. Wait, I don't think we talked about it in the show. I think we were talking to each other about it while we were oh, driving and right. moving boxes. Okay. Well, one, there's very little sense of humor on the show, which is weird. Yeah. Something that was based on Archie. I know comic. it's weird. And I read a comment from someone. They're like, "Love the sense of humor." Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what, what sense, sense of humor? humor? That's yeah, that's I mean. right. No one no one has a sense of humor except possibly the one uh, aunt from The Office that will end from sure. Shaun of the Dead. She sometimes does comedy takes, but not on comedy material. Yeah, yeah. She acts like she's doing a comedy bit, like, mm-hmm. ooh, my, uh, woo. Ooh, ooh. Bed knobs and boobs. I don't know. Yes, oh, but not the yeah, thing. But, not but my question is, in this yes. universe, and if this is not the case in this universe, What? Um, in this universe, yes. do witches, as in Wicca, does that not exist? Because that's the only way. I, I guess can, so. That's the only way I can see this flying. Because it's, sure. it's a weird gimme that, like, you know, okay. So whenever they mention witches, people say, "Well, witches don't exist." Well, of course, witches exist. The mm-hmm. the religion Wicca exists, and also at one point, the girls uh, form a group in their school and like, "Hey, we put this group together. We're calling it Wicca." Yeah, it's like. Well, wait a minute. Sure. There's clearly a there's a religion named that. You can't just call your group Jew. You can't do that, <laughs> right? Like you can't do that because because yeah. but but you're witches, but you called it Wicca. Sure. No one goes oh like the religion sure. that is what witches are and like Our again, organization juniors educating the world. That's right. Yeah, uh, junior en- entrepreneurs. Right? No, that's <laughs> wait, what? the wrong way of saying right. Yeah, white brothers. Right. So in this universe. Mm-hmm. Witches, the Wicca witches can't exist. Well, maybe they do exist, but but the actual witches just find it hilarious. Okay, possibly. But here's the here's, they, should, they should incorporate that. And show, there is a joke for but you. But here's the thing that just amazes me because yeah. this is a show that you know, and so other people were commenting about how it's uh, it's quite. Uh, I hate using this term because it's it's weird when 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 people my age use it. But like woke, it's a very woke show. Oh, like they're going to say fleek. <laughs> it's right. Uh, it's very dab, um, <laughs> but like how it's there's a lot of good stuff about consent. Isn't it dap? Oh, dude, I don't even know. Uh, I think I proved my point. But there's 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 good things to discuss about consent and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And that's fine. Sure. But like that, you have taken 
okay, a religion that's a religion. Yeah. It's a real religion. And you've gone like, oh, but you know, you know, the, the, the thing that they used to say about this religion was, uh, they uh, communicated with Satan, which of course this religion doesn't in any way, which is don't communicate with Satan. There's nothing to do with Satan. But it's like, these guys are just like, nope, yep, we were witches and we worship Satan and Satan gives us powers and that's the way it is. And this is the way it is. And yeah. we're calling ourselves witches. Oh, we're also going to call our group Wicca. That's where we are. And by the way, <laughs> Satan, Satan, Satan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is, how are you fucking doing that now? That can't be right. How is, how is there a lot like signs and protests and, uh, throwing up of hands? Like, how is, how is a show that's this now so yeah. being tried to be so now to the point where they've eliminated all sense of humor? Yeah. Uh, avoid the fact that like <laughs> you just took an enormous, uh, shit on a real religion. And why are people not losing their minds over this? The only people that seem to be complaining are the Satanists who have gone, hey, you stole our statue and put it in your, uh, your, uh, witch, witch, uh, school. Okay. You just sold our copywritten statue of, uh, the devil. Uh, that's, that's our big problem. But like, no, Is everyone else. Co- they copyrighted the statue? Yeah, they statue? did. Cause it was a statue that the Church of Satan or whatever had that one of the, okay. you know, with the two fingers in the yeah, air. But, yeah. the, but the thing that makes it, uh, copyright is there's, uh, two babies at the bottom. They're looking up at the devil like, hey, you're top. So it's like there's enough things that they just created. Huh, sure. And they copy wrote it in like 2013 or something. But like they they got a beef. But like how are we – how is this okay that like you're doing this – first of all, one, do real witches exist in this world? Yeah. Could they? And two, because they exist in our real world, how the fuck is this not a thing? Dave, over to you. Well, first thing, I'm, I'm, I'm aghast that there is a statue of a religious figure that's copyrighted. That seems rather, rather odd to me. But um, over to me about what? Sorry, we're talking about the Wicca thing. Sure. Well, I just—I mean, if okay, if you go on YouTube, there is a real witch reacts to uh, Sabrina and okay. something else. I think. All right. I think they have the—they have the the witch from from the Wizard of Oz, the the green face witch. Oh, so she's the real witch? No, no, no. I mean, she's another example of a witch that she's reacting to. Oh, okay, very. This good. real witch All is right. reacting to t- TV or movie witches. Okay. So people are reacting to it, but I. I don't think that there's a big enough foothold for Wicca in our culture for there to be like an avalanche of, of, of people, as you say, marching through the streets, mm-hmm. carrying Wicca signs. I don't see anyone online, which you don't need yeah. to be a big marcher for that. You just need to be like, yeah. if there was an episode of, say, CSI, sure. and they got something about Wicca wrong, yeah. you would have this, hey, that's not what we are. <laughs> but it seems like you've got this show, which is supposed to be so socially aware, or at least it's yeah. it's pumping those brakes quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and yet it's got this enormous flaw yeah. of like, no, witches are uh, Satan worshippers, and we uh, we are cannibals, and we're Satan worshippers, and uh, yeah, and we just got, we're going to murder people, and everything that they said back in the old days of Salem was right they were correct that was correct the worst thing in the world that ever happened to witches uh it's it's real that's real and they were correct like yeah it'd be like a thing where and again this is a if you go like uh again if a person you know was jewish and went like oh and i do have the horns that you know people said we had and i do drink blood of infants and this is our crazy cartoon show (laughs) by the way it's also based on a comic book that up until five seconds ago was for kids but now it's but now it's not it's like yeah uh, Am I, is it, Dave? Hey, you're on you? you're on Twitter. It's time to start. You can start. You can start carrying the pitchfork yourself. No, I've already been talking about it. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> it's it just it's just so weird to me that they mm-hmm. could it could just have this one blind spot. Like all you need is at one point someone in the school to just go, yeah. hey, you know, 
I am Wiccan and blah, blah, blah. Like, just show that there's real witches that like, and we have nothing to do with that. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Well, we're a different thing that has this a same name. That's yeah. all you have to do. But no, they've just gone everything that horrible that was ever said about witches and every horrible stereotype. This is a world where that is all inc- incredibly true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you've got nothing to say about it, that's totally okay. But it's, to me, it's well, a weird thing. I do want to say a couple of things about it. One is I think that the, the show is commenting on structural um, structural deficiencies in establishment established religions. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you can make similar criticisms about Catholicism, let's say, that it's hidebound, that it follows, you know, it's too conventional, that it doesn't, you know, it's you know, obviously it doesn't, this show is sort of parroting it by taking these sort of flaws to the sort of, you know, degree of where, yes, cannibalism is fine, uh, as long as it's you know, part of this uh, festival or whatever, yeah. you know, this holiday. That's a weird episode, that one, just period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. But I, but in the show, in the in the world of the show, this, sorry, everyone, if you haven't seen it, because we're, we're doing a little bit of spoiling, but not terrible spoils. And I but haven't the, seen to the end. So. In the world of the show, the 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 head of the church, the head of the 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 ch- church of the night, I think church of night or whatever it's called. Sure. Their their coven. Uh, he is this traditionalist who's bringing back these traditional elements that were taken away by the pr- the previous uh, head of the church of night, and so he's reestablishing who is traditional her father? Sabrina's father. Sabrina's father. But her father was Martin Luther. Her father was yeah. In a way, he was uh, he was Pope. Pope John Paul II or whatever. Okay, he, sure, he started sure. Vatican II and right, brought in these that. changes. And now this guy is Pope Benedict and he's bringing, he's bringing back in all the old stuff again. So it's okay to, to do this. It's okay to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so in a way, I feel like it's commenting on, you know, any, any religion, you know, that becomes, that has a, cer- a certain amount of power is going to become, have this sort of issues where power is power and people like power and they wait, they'll use power for themselves. Mm. And that's just how, that's just how we are as humans. And so the, you know, I think that's quite interesting. Um, where I th- my problem with the show is more when you create this idea of the devil, what's weird about these shows is the devil always exists in a vacuum outside and there's no challenging force against him. Like the idea of the devil is that, you know, as the myth, you know, this mythical idea of the devil is that he he is like the reverse side of the coin of of what God is. That he has chosen to be the, the reverse thing, yeah. right? But in Sabrina, there's no one who can wield the power of God against the what people can wield the power of the devil. You know, so the idea of the show is that you sign this book, you ple- you know, you pledge your your obedience and your yeah, your your body and soul, your body and soul to to the devil, and then you'll have powers that come from that. And there's no answer from the cult, the, 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 you know, the general culture or anything against what these, the powers these people yeah. have. So it's always kind of weird to me when that happens. It's the same thing like in, when you watch like a show about de- demonic possession or whatever. Yeah. Except for those ones with, uh, the Warrens with, uh, like the conjuring and stuff like that, which that has a religious element to right. it. Right. Uh, most of them seem to exist in a world where there is no God, but you just fight against a demon with yeah. not to put a not to put a plug in, but I'm going to have to. Uh, that I do a book called Exorcisters where we have to deal with that situation. It's like, well, why doesn't uh, God step in? And mm-hmm. I got my own reason for that. You got to come up with a reason for it. I guess because yeah. theoretically, that he is the ultimate answer to to evil or to whatever. The, 
it's hard to know what I mean. It's such a it's such a weird show in so many ways. Like we were talk, joking about this, where you know it's like you know you pledge allegiance to the to the devil, and then she sees the devil, and it's just this giant, huge goat creature, and it's this you know red screen, and right. it's just like and this this noise like a slow motion, slow down vacuum going, and yeah. you're like, well, this like that's not really selling yourself. They gotta get a new no, PR my, department. What I assumed with that was there was something that was showing her the truth. And mm-hmm. that, whether that was your parents or whatever, was just yeah. like, before you do this, you know what this thing is. Mm-hmm. We're just going to actually show you what it is. Yeah. So she sees it for real, yeah. what it is. And yeah. like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 none sure. of that for me. Sure. I'm okay. I'm good. And uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and off you go. Um, the, the weird thing, too, is, and I haven't seen the last episode, so I don't know if they actually do bring the Catholic Church into it. But there's all these mentions of the Catholic Church of like, you know, oh, it's the false God, they call it. And that's, yeah, your, yeah. that's your, but then they'll also refer just directly to the Catholic Church. And, they, you know, it's like they do exorcisms and they do all this stuff. Yeah. And my problem, there's a couple, there's a couple of problems I have. One is they make these villains out of these men who uh, hanged witches. And it's like, of course, in real life, that was a terrible thing. Because witches aren't real, yeah. uh, none of this is real, yeah. and so it was. Well, witches are real, but not witches of like evil. That's right. What they were considering consorting witches, with the devil, kind of. That's stuff. right. Yeah. They didn't have magical powers. Sure. They didn't do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that they yeah. hanged all these witches. Yeah, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. What they did in real life. Now we go to this world. Well, what are these uh, uh, witches? Yeah. Oh, uh, they consort with the devil, and they want the devil to take over. Mm-hmm. And they they are ev- they are really evil, frankly. Yeah. Uh, so you know what? Those guys that hang the witches, mm-hmm. good point, fellas. You know <laughs> what? Uh, points to you. You yeah. were right. Yeah. Everything from the old Salem days was correct. Witch hunters. Yeah, good, good going, guys. Because these guys actually did work for the devil, who's real and is horrible. Don't they? separate Salem from Greendale, though, and say that Salem was wrong, that they weren't actually witches? Oh, do they say that? I think so. I okay, ca- so I in that case, remember you know that. what? Sorry, strike one. You got the wrong ones. But by the way, <laughs> the, you were right they exist, and that was a good point. No, yeah, You know yeah. what? Some of you got it right. Some of you got it wrong. <laughs> so that's the thing. So there's sure. there's a flaw. There's a real flaw there. And then that they bring up the Catholic Church, and like, okay, well, the Catholic Church is around. And you know what? The Catholic Church is in a lot of bad stuff, too. Mm. Really bad stuff. Sure. But if the devil is real and active and recruiting and all these things, then almost all the things, like the Spanish Inquisition or everything that the Catholic Church has done, these horrible, horrible things, well, you're right. You were right. Sorry. Our mistake. There is a devil that's trying to come out of hell and is recruiting young girls and all this kind of stuff. And quite frankly, all the things you've done are absolutely right. (laughs) And those exorcisms were right because there's demons possessing people. Good point, Catholic Church. Tip of the hat to you, our mistake. Carry on. Not big on the molestation. That's still not good. But the rest of the stuff, hats off to you. So, so your moral center in this world is very what? Who am I? Who am I rooting for? Yeah. I mean, I I know Sabrina. You're not rooting for. I hope you're not. Sabrina is the protagonist. (laughs) Yes. But quite frankly, why am I rooting for her? She should be doing more. She should be stopping this. Like, it all ends, you know, with like, oh, I just saw the most horrible thing that's ever happened. It's just the worst. And then the next episode, she's having breakfast with the ants. I'm like, you know, these ants really should be killed because they're horrible people <laughs> that are going to recruit more girls yeah. to be damned forever to the Dark Lord who's going to, like, do horrible things for you forever. I don't think they recruit girls, but anyway. Really? 
Well, they seemed really hard-selling uh, Sabrina, if nothing well, else. Well, I mean, family. Okay, that's I mean, fine. As, a tradi- that's as a tradition. It's great that it's family. They're not bringing that's in fine. outsiders. They're bringing Sabrina in. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> they're trying to bring this one girl in to be damned forever yeah. and basically be the devil's sex toy, which they've, like, you know, showed that there is, like, a sexual element to this. So they've, they're, they're, they're trying to bring her in. So, yeah, yeah. you know what? Both those ants... They should take a trip to the forest as well. I, why am I? Why am I pro them? Why am I thinking these are good characters? Right? They're all. They're mm-hmm. all like this is the twist. Yeah. It's just like I'm. 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 I'm in this family that should be killed. They're all wrong. They're all bad. They're bad people. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what are I we? What are we doing here? I know. You know. And you look. And you look at like you know all her friends. Who seem fine, but it's like they should run the fuck away. They should have nothing to do with her, right? Yeah. They should definitely get out of that You're right. school. You're right. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not anyway, wrong at all. And here's another thing. Sorry about the show. Uh, <laughs> what show? Sabrina. <laughs> Sorry. That's about incredible. The show. Why they? Why would someone want to be stung by a bee? Here's the other weird thing. <laughs> yes. So middle of one episode, I'm mm-hmm. watching the episode. Yeah. And it's like uh, she's 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 now going on trial. And now, and now, like this guy who's like the Satan, Satan's right hand man, who just seems to be like one episode is just like you will pay and you will burn in the fires forever, and the next one, well, I'm coming over for lunch, and uh, you know, I don't like tuna sandwiches. It's just like it's too casual. The guy goes like he's all over the map anyway. But he, she gets presented with like you're going to trial, and we're gonna have a trial for your soul. I'm like all right, we're gonna do this. Yeah. So we're doing we're doing the old Daniel Webster thing. Well, all right, let's see how this goes. You know, there was a person who once tried a case, uh, and his name is Daniel Webster. But there's not the case at all. Yeah, we're also like, what are you talking about? You can't just use Daniel Webster. I know. You can't just reach into another story. Do you? Does not Archie just, own Daniel another, Webster? Not just another story. Another time period. Because no that's, kidding. That's like revolutionary times. Yeah, place. what's going on? But it's not even that. When what's you, going on? When they tell you the story of Daniel Webster... He didn't go to trial against the devil, and he didn't win a, a case. No. So it makes no sense. He well, anyway, I don't want to give away stuff. No, actually, everyone go see the watch the Devil and Daniel Webster. It's a good little, little black and white movie. It's That's fun. a good movie with um, yeah. And hey, if you want to watch the Nelvana remake, uh, the Devil and Daniel Mouse, which is also quite a nice little uh, film, um, with John Huston's father as the uh, devil. This was actually an interesting thing because with the Exorcisters, I was talking with my artist uh, Giselle uh, Legacy, and she didn't know the Daniel Webster story. And we had actually done like kind of a trial in hell okay, type of thing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh well, you got to see this. So I gave her, uh, I, I gave her clips first of all to the Devil and Daniel Mouse because I thought she'd like that because he was a, <laughs> she's a musician. So it's yeah. like ah, there's rock and roll in this one. You like oh, that? Oh yeah. That's but a, then that's also the black and white clip. Sure, yeah. And then when I was like saying this, she started to watch this show. Then all of a sudden, Daniel Webster shows up on this show. And yeah, she, I don't know if she was also what the hell, but yeah. I definitely was what the hell. Yeah. You can't just do that. No. You know, who are we going to get to help us with our quest? I don't know, Captain Ahab. What? <laughs> well, he's a whaler who's Arr. like, can you just, what? He's alive now? Yeah. How do you do, what? What's the, is he immortal? Yeah. What's the deal? Yeah, we have to get rid of this headless horseman. Let's get Ichabod Crane to help us. Well, that has been a TV show oh, recently. Yeah, that's yeah, right. And then, and the other thing about but the it's Dan- based in its own reality. It's not like they don't yeah. bring Ichabod Crane into another story. Yeah, and they just like throw it in. Yeah. Yeah, and the weird thing about like the, the Daniel Webster one again, a tiny bit of spoilers is like it starts off with her going, "You got to help me." Nah, I don't do that no more. <laughs> I just don't do that no more. So okay, we're doing that beat. Mm-hmm. So now, at some point in the future, he's got to decide to do it. So the next time you see it. He's decided to do it. Why? Yeah. Oh, no. The plot just says it. You got to do it. And there you go. And sure. we're in. It's a weird show. 
I'm still watching it, but uh, it's a weird show. I'm not. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of it has. There's a lot of things yeah. that need a fixing. Um. Yeah. I mean, you're not. You're not. You're not the, the end yet, so I can't yeah. talk talk to you about. Okay, it. and and of I course, know what's coming. And of course, the house is the house from um, uh, Bates Motel. The interiors of the uh, ants. Okay, places. but not the exterior because the exterior no. looks different. Nope. Than, okay. The interior though is the is a repaint okay. of the set from Bates Motel, Why which not? my sister in law worked on. So Why when she was watching not? the show, she was going, "What are they doing in the Bates Motel?" <laughs> Maybe that's the whole twist. It all takes place that's, in the Bates Motel. Oh, there you Why go. Why can't everything take place oh, in every oh. every time? We need someone to help us stuff this animal. Here's Norman <laughs> Bates. He's come to stuff an animal. I don't do that anymore. Okay. And here's my one question, because I know we're getting on to other things. Uh, Are we? That I want to add. I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, if the shows go along traditional routes. <laughs> uh, Dave, yeah. uh, this it's a Bible question I've got. What's this is it, a survival question? No, Bible. Oh, Bible question. What does it mean to draw lots? What does it mean to draw lots? Yeah, drawing lots. Like in gambling. In the Bible, what did that what did that mean? Because quite a few characters have drawn lots. I well, I don't know exactly what uh, what it was. Okay, very good. Then asked Sorry. and not answered. So Fair it's enough. not answered. No, I don't know. I mean, we know that it was a, like a form of gambling. It may have just yes, yeah, it may so have been dice. Cu- yeah, I was curious like, what it was. What mm-hmm. were lots back then? Yeah, I mean, lots are a nice enough thing that you might name a guy lot. Yeah, and his wife might turn to salt. That might happen if she turns sure. around and looks back at something she shouldn't have. Uh, okay, well, I'll just say this: I have the, I have, a, I have a very strong feeling. Yeah, the Bible does not actually say drawing lots. Uh-huh. That that was a that was added during the time when it was translated to the King James version, and they modernized what people were doing in the Bible. Oh, but do you think they were? Do you think that they were gambling? Uh, yes, because it does say they gambled for for ah. It's basically throwing these rocks with symbols yes, on them. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Because they did play dice games in, in Rome. It's so. very similar to the rolling of dice. Yeah. But sometimes believed to reveal the will of God or other supernatural entities. Okay. Well, then it's like throw like the I Ching then, where you would yeah. throw... Uh, Claromancy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. All right. Very good. You know the I Ching where you, throw, you can throw coins and then the coins give you a, um, a verse from the I Ching and then you read that yes. and you have to interpret it to... Um, what you think it might mean? When I think of because it's uh, very vague usually. When I think you, like, of uh, I Ching, which I'm going to say it's I Ching, but I know this is not I Ching. I know I Ching is I Ching, okay. and I Ching is a different thing. And oh. the I Ching that I'm talking about right okay. now yep. was uh, Wonder Woman's uh, sidekick uh, yeah. during the brief period of time when yeah. she had no powers. Okay. And what was I Ching's role? I Ching was yeah. a very wise Asian gentleman who okay. taught her martial arts I see. and kind of kung fu'd her way through a whole bunch of stuff and, get, and told her, taught her lessons okay. as she uh, as she had no powers and she had to learn martial arts. Hmm. And then later on, she went uh, to hell with that and uh, never saw him again and just got her powers <laughs> back at the end. Um, and by the way, for well, someone who's okay. like talking about, you know, he was talking about all these mystical energies and whatever, and yeah. she was very disbelieving, which is a weird thing for someone who for got someone. her powers from Zeus. Yeah. Does she in the story, though? Well, originally she did. Mm-hmm. She got her powers from uh, Mercury and uh, yeah, yeah. and Aphrodite and sure. uh, Hercules. Yeah. That's and why she, she would say, ma. When she wanted to change into Wonder I Woman. I think you're thinking of uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, she was a fighter pilot, right? Uh, no, well, yeah, we can get into that, but uh, that's a deep <laughs> well to be swimming in. Uh, here's another little iching fact, then. Very good. Which is that um, the book, The Man on the High Castle, the Philip K. Dick book that is now a show on Amazon Prime, right. uh, was written by, with the iching, with the aid of the iching. So when he oh, wants to know what a character would do, he would throw, he would throw the iching, he would throw the arrow stocks, and then he would decide on on what it, what it, 
then he'd go to the crick verse, and then he would write the story based on that element. Because I Ching has a big part to play in the story oh, itself nice. in his version. It has nothing to do with the Prime Amazon Prime show, though. That stuff they could care less about. <laughs> what do you think of the Amazon Prime show? Eh. There you go. Just, I mean, it looks very nice. And everyone who acts in it is very Everything good. Everything in Amazon Prime looks great. Yeah. That's a bunch of, even if I don't care about the show, it's a great looking show. Mm-hmm. But my feeling about this show, uh, being a fan of the book, is that it misses out on the kind of quirkiness of of Philip K. Dick. And also, it's just the nature of a show like that. It, you know, it's what it likes is the premise of his book. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. That's all they that's all they wanted. Just that premise. And they just go their own way. And that's fine. But if you say Man in the High Castle, I would like to see Man in the High Castle. Now this the, the book Man in the High Castle. Yes. Um is it a complete story or does it yes, continue? It is. Okay. So it's wraps up at the end. It's a novel, yeah. Okay. And, and it's got a satisfying ending, like ba boom, or is sure, it just I like guess, yeah. and here we go. Okay. So, I mean, Philip K. Dick books are they extending are the very t- rarely totally satisfying. Are they uh, extending like? Are, does everything then in the TV series take place within the time period of those books, or no. is it just? It goes on after. It goes on. It, it it breaks in the book itself. The the there's a character named Julia who is married to this very kind of ineffective Philip K. Typical Dickian male protagonist <laughs> character, kind of an ineffective uh, wimp. But she's kind of a stronger person, and she. But she she leaves him, and she ends up uh, hooking up with this guy who turns out is a is a Nazi who's in this kind of neutral zone. Because mm. everyone wants to get the guy who wrote this book called The Grasshopper Lies Heavy, which suggests that the world they live in is not a real world, but it's some sort of alternate reality. The actual world, mm. the Nazis and the Japanese lost the war, but. These powers want to suppress this because they don't want people to know that this is a possibility, and so they're trying to find this guy and and end his life. And he's not hiding; he's or he's hiding in plain sight. But there, he lives in this kind of neutral zone because there's the Japanese own the Pacific part, like own the western side of of the United States or North America, right. and the Germans control the the eastern side of it. It's, they've kind of reached some sort of like kind of berlin version but the 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 north the you know the north and south american continent i guess act as the the that bridge between the two the two sides and yeah so and in the book it's weird because the germans of course are brutal efficient germans you know they've it's hinted they've cleansed africa of all yeah. its you know problems and but the japanese are kind of strangely uh, sympathetic in the story, even though they also committed atrocities during the yeah. war. But I think to Dick, what they, their, I don't know, he saw more honor in what they did than what the Germans are doing. And it's kind of a strange thing, but it's, it's interesting in the, in the world of the story. It's, yeah. it's quite, it's quite good because the Japanese are fascinated with American culture, which of course is pretty much true anyway. And so he has this element where people are like, creating this world of, or creating all these, they're like making their living, making fake old, like vintage American things, you know, like old oh, six okay. shooters or old posters and things that would appeal to these, the conquerors, you know, because then you can sell it to them. And they're all interested in this stuff. And it's quite, it's quite interesting. It's a really good story. I, I'm sorry that, I'm sorry that the Amazon, I think kind of, I don't know, kind of clunkily, uh, doesn't really follow too much of what uh, Dick's storyline. 
which well, is a problem. We're going to be talking about this more in our new sidecast, uh, Dick's, Dick and Dickens, where uh, every <laughs> alternate week we're going to do a Philip K. Dick story or one by Charles Dickens. Oh, well, I've read all of them. We're going to go read uh, every Dick's, book by Dickens, both Dick's, Dick's Dickens, Dick's both Dickens, authors. and then we're going to like sure. uh, later on go, well, which was stronger, the Dick's or the Dickens? Mm-hmm. The Dickens, you say? Mm-hmm. That was originally the title of it. Uh, and I'd say Dickin' Around, but I've already had something called Dickin' Around that I've done about Dick Tracy, so can't have, do that. <laughs> have I ever told you this super, like, you know when you're doing something, you're reading something, you're watching something, and you have this moment of, like, weird realization? I, uh, more spe- specifically about what? Okay, well, I'll just talk about because there's a, there's a yeah. book by uh, Charles Dickens called Dombey and Son. Okay. And there's a scene in the book where the aforementioned Dombey, and another character are riding their horses through London. Okay. And I was reading it, and it seemed like, because you've always seen people like in carriages, horses, you know, if you watch Sherlock Holmes, sure. they're always jumping into a carriage, yes. and the game is afoot, and then off they ride, or off they sit, and stuff. <laughs> but they never ride horses. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of blew my mind, because it never occurred to me, I knew that there were carriages and stuff, but I never thought, oh yeah, I guess you'd have individual horses that you would just sure. ride around on. You'd Because... You know, Mews, M-E-W-S, there's lots of them in London. They were actually stables, former stables that were converted into residences and they'd just be called something Mews mm-hmm. from, and I know that because of the King song, which I played in the show before called Barclay Muse. But the, uh, so it's just sort of, yeah, it just really blew my mind. Just these two characters riding through London. I have driven through London. I have yeah. walked through London. But the idea of like riding a horse yeah. through London, and not just like a little bit, but a long distance yeah. ride from like one end of town to some distant part of it to go to like a suburb sort of area, suburban area of London. It was this, my 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 head dropped out of my body. I, I, you just like made me think of like, if I saw, say, a Sherlock Holmesian uh, situation, so yeah. it's like everyone's got the carriages and whatever, sure, yeah. then all of a sudden riding by was like uh, an American cowboy. Okay. Wouldn't you? If that was the start of a movie trailer, yeah, yeah. wouldn't you just go, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in. I'd watch sure. this. What's this about? Yeah. How'd he get here? What's he doing? Sure. What's he doing? What's he got to do? I think He's it's called. Do I think it's called Shanghai Nights. Okay. Was that the? Um, wait. Was that the Owen Wilson and uh, it's Jackie? Takes Chan? place in London, right? At that time period. Shame on you for bringing that up. <laughs> I'm trying to have a nice thing and bring things up, and you got to like bring up Shanghai Nights. <laughs> Sorry. On our sixth anniversary, no less. What is? <laughs> How dare you? I feel bad now. I'm sorry. I just it seemed apropos because it was sort of related to what yeah, you what said. Yeah, what if Edgar Allan Poe showed up? Ooh. And it was called apropos. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you like that idea for? So you start. What if? What oh. if Edgar Allan Poe? Okay, here's the mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Something happens. I don't sure. know why. Yeah. I don't know how. Kay. But here's what goes on. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe has to get out of London. Something sure. bad's going down. Sure. Maybe. Uh, maybe something supernatural. I don't know. Something. Something's gone on. Yeah. He's got to go. He's got to go to America. Yeah. He's got to be a cowboy. <laughs> now just picture. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. Sure. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. Well, Tur- good for the opiumatic. Good. You know what? Yeah, good, good. No, no, that's good why air. he's going out there because he's an opium. Oh, he's an opium addict. He's trying to kick it. Sure. And also he has tuberculosis. Sure, it's good, good air. But he's also trying to kick. Right. Because no one wants to be have tuberculosis. So, so Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. He's got to go out there. He he still dresses in the all black, basically, but cowboy all black. Oh yeah. Uh, with the so black, he's a bad guy. Black cowboy hat. Well, that's yeah. the thing. He just feels comfortable. In okay. <laughs> so he's got the black cowboy hat. Sure. 
so he's now he's spending his time in the Old West. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe in the Old West. Sure, sure. That's that's interesting, right? Kay. You see that? Yeah. And then like some supernatural stuff starts happening in the Old West. Oh. He gets it. The other guys don't get it. No, they don't. Understand. And they don't reckon. They don't. First of all, they mm-hmm. don't like this fancy fancy pants. Yeah. But then old fancy pants seems to understand how to talk down a ghost. Sure. So it's sure. like they gotta like go. Okay, well, you know, I reckon that that guy's all brave and whatnot because he doesn't. He's not as scared of the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they res- they grow to respect him. Grow to respect him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then we build the story from there. I, like I have it. no idea I like what the it. title would be. Well, I like it. Of course, the town would have to be called Usher. Oh, it's a town called Usher. Yeah. Oh, I like it. <laughs> oh, I like that. Sure. That's a good. Uh, that's How a good... about there's a traveling th- 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 theater troupe okay. called, and their, tr- their troupe is called Amontillado. Okay, so I'm not the, hep to the reference. So it's the cast of Amontillado. Oh, my gosh. Well played. <laughs> See now, see now, we had that horrible Shanghai Nights thing, I'm and now we've worked our way to this. It took six years, but this has made it worth it. This is worth it. Thanks, Edgar Allan Poe, Old West, love it. Yeah, right in this. Down. You know what? And hey, no one steal this. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Or steal it. I don't care. But he, everywhere he goes, he's followed by a black cat. He just can't get rid of it. All right. What's the cat saying? Nevermore. <laughs> no, no. But there's a story. Nevermore. The, there's a story about the cat. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I thought, was, I thought this okay. was a cat. How about it's a cat named Raven? The cat's yeah, name is sure, Raven. Oh, good. I like it. That's good. Black cat named yeah. Raven. Then he'll meet a beautiful uh, woman in a, who works in a saloon. Her name is Lenore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, oh wait a second. Is this what mm-hmm. we're doing? Is we're doing the thing where like, oh, how was this? Okay. Okay. Here's how it goes. Yeah. It's, El- it's Edgar Allan Poe. This is cheesy, but that's what people like. <laughs> okay. So it's Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. He's trying to write. Can't come up with no ideas. I got bad tuberculosis. I got to go spend some time. What? Oh, I got to go to America. Yeah. All right. Well, he was from America. Okay. All right. All right. All right. He lives in, Bal- in Baltimore. Okay. Well, he's got to go to the old west, though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got to go to the old west. Got to go to old America. Old America. Very good. <laughs> he's got to go old America. Yeah. And uh, and this is where he gets all his ideas because all the yeah, all yeah. the things that his, sure. things are based on are uh, are actually in the old west. Can I just suggest one more thing? What's that? That he he uh, meets up with a guy who dresses in all white. And Mark Twain. Those guys have an adventure. Okay, at one point though, <laughs> okay. Mark Twain. Yeah, you have to think he's dead. Yes, he does that. He sure, does that sure. line. Famous line. Yeah, yeah. Where he goes like, "I'm alive, motherfuckers." That <laughs> famous, famous Mark famous Mark Twain line. That's right. Slightly amended later. <laughs> yeah, they had to change they had to it change language it. wise. Yeah, yeah. He went like, "Look, you can." They went, sure. "Look, you can either have the racial slur, yeah. or you can have the 'I'm alive, motherfuckers.' <laughs> what do you want to keep in this book?" Yeah, yeah. And they went like, "I want the racial slur." Yeah. It's like, "Are you want willing to die on that hill?" <laughs> I sure am. And so they they gave him the racial slur. Yeah. Uh, but he had to like uh, get rid of the other one. Yeah. Oh man, I like this so much. And it's the, it's black and white. Yeah, that's good. I like it. All right. Uh, so there we go. Listen, we I, should. We I should just, just want to say, I think he knew that it was a racial slur. Yeah. I don't think he's agreeing that that's a good thing to call someone. The no, book, no, no, no. The book is about people's humanity. Yes. Looking past descriptions of I'm people. saying this for humor purposes. Okay. I'm just, I just wanted to defend Mark Twain. I appreciate it. I admire quite a bit. Well, just for his mustache. And for inventing the typewriter. And for giving Hal Holbrook a uh, rent for many, many years. <laughs> yes. He gave him the play Rent. Not many people know <laughs> that Mark Twain wrote the musical Rent. Based on his own experiences, yep. unable to pay the uh, unable to pay the rent. Yep, he wrote that. That's why one of the songs in there, where the person people think he died of AIDS, uh-huh. but he actually didn't. He says reports of my dying of AIDS have been greatly exaggerated. And I'm alive, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm alive, motherfuckers. So motherfuck you, motherfuck you. Yep. 
Yeah. That's where they go in the audience and they That's start, this point, just this point say, motherfuck you, motherfuck you, <laughs> motherfuck you. And if you're an actual mother, yeah. uh, you get your money back for, oh, well, uh, for the thing. That's that's, that's one of the little things they no do. No wonder that play didn't last very long. No. Dave. Ian. It's been six long years. <laughs> but it's all come down to this. Yeah. Uh, we do a thing now at the end of our shows. And mm-hmm. what we do is we, we, uh, we, we look to a list uh, from, uh, from a friend. Yes. A friend, a listener, a friendly listener. A friend of the show. Right. And uh, maybe one day you'll make a spinoff podcast about this and you'll play an entire movie and talk about it. <laughs> I don't think so. Perhaps with your grandchild. Okay. Maybe. You never yeah. know. Never say never. That's like a thing I like to say. Yeah. And also never watch that movie. Never say never. Never say never again. You don't think it's a good movie? No, it's awful. Hmm. The, Sean, the Sean Connery movie? Yeah. The, the remake of Thunderball? Yeah. No, it's a terrible movie. Hmm. Have you seen it lately? No, I haven't. It's no, it's well. it's abysmal. It's the worst. Okay, but anyway, please continue. Please continue. Uh, so, so whose uh, movies are we talking about this week? So this week, it's really bad, Dave. That movie, Never Say Never Again, is really bad. Is it bad? Is it really bad? Oh my gosh! I, I you know, have to. One of the that. best parts is him throwing his own urine in someone's face. Oh yeah, that's one of the best parts. Really? Oh my gosh! Huh. Okay, here's the thing. Guess how many times I've seen it. Uh, I'm gonna say one. That is true. And about whenever when it came out. So it's a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Did you watch it and go, oh, I've seen this before, and then someone went, yeah, it's Thunderball. Yeah. Thunderball was my first James Bond film. So did you recognize it being mm-hmm. the same movie? Mm-hmm. Did you go, why are you doing the same movie again with the yeah, same actor? It's not that great a movie. Yeah, and it wasn't that long ago if you were just a regular person. <laughs> That'd be a weird thing like now, right? Yeah. If someone remade a movie that they did it 10 happens. years earlier. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be, that's weird. Yeah. Is there an example of that? Is there an example of someone being in a in a movie that's a remake and then making and remaking it and they're still having the same role except for that one movie we've just brought up? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I think about. All right, but let's not think about it. Wait. But, yes. What? Um, Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two. I guess it is a remake. You're yes. Right. You're right. Good. Good call. Nice job. All right. This is from friend of the show, former winner of our question and answer show. Laurel Robertson. Hey, Laurel. Hello, Laurel. And she's very nice at the start of this letter. Oh, is she? And I don't know if she turns on us at some point, but oh, it starts geez. off really nice. You haven't read the end of the letter. No, no. You're just going into this cold. I like That's how I like to do it. You like going in right cold. You like jumping right cold in the pool. cold as possible. You don't stick your toe in. You don't like work your way in slow. Oh, no, that's terrible. Boom, right That's in. the worst way to get into anything. No, no. The worst way to get in is yeah. to climb through the drain. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, besides that. Okay. Besides that impractical way of getting into a pool. All right. The worst way. Uh-huh. Is the slow dip? Yeah, especially when you get around to the to the nutsack. I'm also going to. No say, one enjoys that. No, feeling. no one does. No one. No. And I'm not a lady, but I imagine lady parts also don't enjoy that. Just jump in. You're going to go in anyway. Right. Just get in and don't go in through the drain, or don't get wrapped up like in a, a plastic bag and thrown in either. That's yeah, not don't good don't do that. Okay. She says hello, dear David and Ian. Oh, hello. I'm going to assume the dear applies to me. Right, and the and applies to me. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the conjunction. (laughs) Thank you for the deer. I have been slow to put together a list of favorite films, realizing as I listen... You know what? I can tell she's American. She left the U out of favorite. Oh, well, then hell with it. Put it away. Yeah. Put it away. We're not not going to deal with this I can't deal with this stuff. I can't handle this. I can't. You can't support Noah Webster and and be a fan of this show. No, we're going to be using the imperial system here. This is all (laughs) just going to be completely wrong. Okay. I have been slow... To put together a list of favorite films, realizing as I listen to all the others you have covered over the past weeks, the mine are generally not as highbrow. Oh, good. And some of the 
and some of them have already been on other listeners' lists and discussed. That's Still, fine. I'm coming out with mine. There was no disgust. I, I disagree with that. <laughs> I was playing on the word that disgust also sounds like disgust. Six years. I was thinking, what's the sort of... It's been of- a long trip up a drain <laughs> to get into this pool. <laughs> I was thinking, what's the sort of criteria? By the way... My you are Mark Twain, and I am Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> my, movie, my movie list is not. My movie list is a highbrow. Okay. I like. I like popcorn. I like to eat it. Yeah, you like the band uh, uh, who did uh, Hot Butter, who did Hot the butter, song pop, popcorn. popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Pop, 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 pop. Actually, after seeing the Snowman, I don't like that song anymore. Oh, is the Snowman? Do they use it? He li- really likes that song. <laughs> it's playing during all his murders. Well, instantly. you find me another song you can play boop, on an old boop, phone boop, from boop, the eighties. I was thinking, what's the sort of criteria for a movie to make my humble list? Mm. It's that I have joyfully watched each of them more than once, most of them many times, and will again. And I've discovered a running theme. It's that in most of these, there is a sweet and or complicated relationship of some kind between people. And she adds, most of them. That said, number one. Okay, number one. Oh, we're starting number one. That's how she started. You know what? In whatever order it goes in is what Do you want me to go down to number 10? Let's do number 10 and work our way up. Wow. Well, she doesn't... Uh... All right, let's go to number one. She listed it as number one. That sounds fair. Let's do it. Let's do number one. We'll work our way to 10. Okay. These are... Okay, I know why she did it this way. We're, we're going to do it this way. Well, eh, let's go down to the bottom. We'll start, <gasps> we'll start at the bottom and go up. Scandal. Because... Oh. <laughs> I feel like she did it for a purpose. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it the way Laurel did it. Sorry, everyone. We'll, we'll edit this part out of the show. No, we won't. Well, no, because <laughs> it's fun. Why would, I, why would I take that out? I take out stuff that's no fun. But really? Not. You've taken out all the appearances by no fun in this show? Yes. That's a lot of appearances. Lead singer Trump. has been on many times. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Okay. Darjeeling Limited. Oh. Uh, just, she, has a, she has a little brief description. Oh, oh my God. The poster is no longer on the wall in the office. Oh, he doesn't like that movie anymore. It was here for quite a while. When Wes Anderson films are discussed, this one is virtually never mentioned. And I love it so much. I love the brothers together, the colors of India, the soundtrack, the details on the train. Mm. I adore this movie. It always makes me hungry for Indian food. It's my second favorite uh, Wes Anderson movie uh, wow. after The Life uh, Aquatic with Steve Zizou, which is so high above all the rest. That, mm. That's uh, you know, but then number two is Darjeeling for sure. Then wow. it's uh, Royal Tenenbaums, yep. uh, and then we're doing the rest. There's a lot. There's a lot more. I really, enjoy, I really. Oh wait, uh, Moonlight Kingdom is probably the next. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise. I like that one as well. <laughs> What are you doing? Anyway. You're weaving back and forth. I'm weaving back and forth trying to remember. <laughs> anyway, but yes, um, I like Darjeeling very much. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you t- that you say that because actually it's a movie that did not work for me when I saw it. And I should probably rewatch it. Um, I've only seen it one time. I mean, it's got an obvious metaphor of losing your baggage. <laughs> of just like, just yeah, them out and yeah. throw their baggage, which I love. I mm. just love. It's just like so corny, but yeah. it's so, it works so well. Mm-hmm. And I love the panning across the train and seeing the tiger there. <laughs> yeah, there are some all good, these little there sweet are some good things. Little and, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I should watch it again. And, and the one, my one problem with the film, and, and Laura says she loved the soundtrack, but I hate that song by Peter Sarsted. Which one? Where did that? you go to, my lovely? I think. It's, oh, okay. I really don't like that song. I I actually love some other songs on that album. Yeah. That 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 song is on a lot. Yeah. Mainly Sayonara. 
and uh, No More Lollipops for You. Those are two really good songs. But for whatever reason, that song leaves me so cold, and they use it so much in that movie, <laughs> and I just don't enjoy that at all. Uh, I don't know. There are some really good parts in it. I, I'll agree. Yeah, and it, I mean, I don't hate it. It's a Wes Anderson film, so of course was, I love it. And it was but. a little tough too because it was very, you know, because it it ties in with reality a bit too much. Where you know, it's very short time after Owen Wilson's suicide attempt, mm. and then you see that he tried to commit suicide. Yeah. this and you know, it's, his face is all damaged, and yeah. just yeah, it's kind of hard to. But take. I mean, it's very brave of him to take on that role and, yes. and do that. Uh, what's uh, what's the name of the Angela? Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston. She does a really good job mm-hmm. as the mother who just leaves. Doesn't get it. Doesn't get, well, it's just like, no, she's not interested in this. Yeah. And so yeah. here we go. And she's, you know, loves her kids, but no, I've got my own life and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do this kind of stuff. And She lovish her kids. Yeah. She loves her kids yeah. and as much as she can. Yeah. 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 Good, uh, good, good stuff. Uh, agreed. Darjeeling. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. That's that, also that's a good uh, tea. If you ever uh, get a chance to drink some of that, uh, there's a tea house right behind the office here that I do enjoy getting a pot of Darjeeling. Hmm. Mm. Number two, and this is a movie I've not seen, so I hope that you've seen it. All right. Because she loves it so much, so I feel like an idiot not have, not knowing this film. And I've always wanted to see it, but for whatever reason, it's is it called never... the idiot that never saw the film? <laughs> it's not called that. The sequel to the jerk. <laughs> The sequel to The Jerk. Uh, number two, The Spanish Prisoner. Oh, I love The Spanish Prisoner so much. A David Mamet film that is really oh, peculiar Steve Martin and in the speech oh, patterns. Oh, yeah. It's so weird. But it's like a cool puzzle to yeah, me. Yeah, it's great. And I like the way the story unfolds. I forget the name of the lead uh, actress who's, uh, I believe, is married to David Mamet, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. She's, she's just so great. Plus, Steve Martin has a dramatic role in, oh. in it that is fun to watch. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. yeah. Spanish I have not prison. seen that movie, so it's really. I mean, I uh, David uh, give Mamet. yourself give yourself a treat. Oh, it's got okay. And again, I'm not going to tell you what the ending is, but my gosh, there's an ending scene that just makes you go, "Oh, that's great!" It's just something that's been in front of you the whole time okay. that you're just like, "Brilliant!" That we have uh, subtly ripped off in other things that I've done in in the future, where I've just gone, "Yes, that's <laughs> a that's such a great idea." Okay, all right, the Spanish prisoner, and also you learn what the Spanish prisoner is, which is a cool thing. Yeah, Rebecca yeah, yeah. Rebecca Pigeon uh, just like steals the show. She's just such a great character. Mm. It's it's similar uh, to like in Fargo with Francis McDormand, like it's that kind of like unique character mm. that you just like will remember forever. Okay, and uh, Campbell Scott also. Uh, you know, just just so good. Uh, George C. Scott's son. And uh, Colleen Dewhurst and George I C. Scott. I do not their, know. Their son, but yeah, yeah uh, I'm not going to tell you much about it because it's one mm-hmm. of those reveal, reveal. But the... Uh, she was the she was on the original um, Anne of Green Gables with Megan Fellow. She played the, the role of the, oh, okay. the, 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 the aunt, whatever her... Very good. What's her name? Aunt. Aunt May. And then uh, Uncle Ben is killed. And then Anne of Green Gables uh, becomes the superhero uh, Ant-Man. <laughs> And she shrinks as small as the smallest province in Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is small. Uh, Laurel says, uh, those two are my absolutes. And yeah. My two children knew right away when I told them about the movie list which ones would be on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that they know you that well, Laurel. That's great. Yeah. No, see The Spanish Prisoner. They give yourself a treat. That's a, that's a fun one to that see. Shows, that shows closeness to children when they know you like that. My yeah. children would be able to guess what things that I well, like Well, you to. do podcasts with your kids for crying out loud. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty that's good. Fun to spend time with them. Yeah. After this, there's not a particular order. I like them all so much. Next one. The Sixth Sense. Yeah, first time I saw that, that uh, that was that was a great ride. The color red throat and other details that work as clues yeah. in the story have always been fascinating. Plus, the acting is so good. 
really is well done. All three of the main actors in that film do a great job. Or maybe I should say four of the actors in that movie right. do a great job. Who's, uh, who's the, oh, I'm blanking on her name, from Muriel's Wedding and mm-hmm. like all the things mm-hmm. that in the world keep now. keep saying her name and now I can't think yeah, of it. Her, she's just in Hereditary. Yes. Um, she's absolutely brilliant. Ah, sorry, I can't remember her name. But yeah, okay. she's very, she's very, very good in it. Man, she's United States Atara. She's a very good actress where she's, you know, can inhabit so many different roles. She sure and can. And she does a wonderful job and in that And her movie. name is Toni Collette. Toni Collette, yes, yes. Yeah, and now, yeah, she went from doing that to, like, now she is doing all the horror stuff now, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, she, she also she also did uh, the the follow, almost the follow-up movie to My Big Fat Greek Wedding with that uh, the Canadian uh, actor. Uh, and uh, it was, like, all about karaoke, the two of them together. Oh, really? Uh, but that's neither here nor there and not even really worth discussing <laughs> right now. But The Sixth Sense is... What's what it's I like? Got heart to oh, it. Oh yes, it's a really well-made film. I mean, it's so good. The little kid peeing, and then something goes just whipping oh, behind. Like, oh, yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need that when I. Oh, mm-hmm. everyone. Oh, that's. Ooh. It's a movie that I actually found scary. Yeah, and it was the first film of that time period where it twisted it, and the ghosts were good. Mm. You know, it starts off with the ghost is threatening, and then it turns it on its head, and the ghosts are good. The ghosts are looking for help, if not and good. Not innately evil. Not evil, yes. There are, there are souls who are need closure, and they're looking to someone to help them. Mm. I um, got um, I got Medium on DVD for, for Lisa for her birthday. She loves that show, and we haven't seen it ever since it went off the air, and so I bought her like... How many seasons are there? I think it was seven seasons. Oh, wow. That's a lot of Medium. It is, and I got it like the complete Medium. So it's just like <laughs> humongous. It's just the weirdest big case. Like, it's just so thick, and then it's full of... Like, is this like a pile of DVDs in these little yeah. plastic holders that they just can, I guess they can stack them. Sure. You can make them even bigger if you want. That's, that's what they said. But they actually divided into the first is four seasons, the next one's three seasons. But I was watching it and there's a scene in, in, in where she goes to hospitals and says, I don't like hospitals. And they're like, oh, you're scared of hospitals? What's the problem? And then when they get there, she's, she goes, I, I don't want to be rude, but I'm going to put this Walkman on. And he's like, oh, why? What's the problem? And he goes, well, there's all, there's all these souls and they all want help. And they see me and they know there's a person they can turn to to get a message to aunt, you know, auntie such and such to tell what the will is in the fireplace and this and that. And so there's a scene of her walking through and there's all these people crowding around her, like trying to reach out for her and stuff like that. And she's just got these, this walk around just kind of, just kind of barreling through all these souls trying to reach her. And it's just this crowded, you know, but you see her walking the hallway with, you know, yeah. there's no one around. And then there's a shot of her reality. That's quite interesting. And so but this reminds me of that for this boy where you just have this situation where you can see things that no one else can. And, you know, and the film, and when I saw the movie, I actually saw it quite a bit. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on home video oh. at David's, David M's. And, um, but it, thank goodness for there being no internet then. No one spoiled it. Like no one, no one said anything to yeah, me. Yeah, the they almost, the almost spoiled it in the George Strait. Almost. Okay. I didn't see it. I didn't read any reviews. Yeah. I didn't really know about it. I just it. knew there was a twist. Uh, yeah, I that's watched, all I knew. I watched it. and uh... In fact, that's why I think I went, like when I saw there was uh, there's a twist, and I just folded up the paper and just went, I'm going to go see this today. Yeah. Because yeah. someone's going to tell me this, mm, and okay. the hell with this. And I went, to see, I went to see it with our friend Roger. Yeah. And we both watched it and just went, what? Like we both, yeah. we're both usually on the ball about this kind of <laughs> stuff. And yeah, it got us. It was great. It was really well done. It, like when you watch it again, and I have watched it twice, um, you can see... You you know you know what's happening. And then it's fun to watch the kind of clues of that of the disconnect between him and the people around him. You know, yeah. like him and his wife, and and uh, you know, like the Tony Collette's character and and him and the boy. 
you feel like she's talking and, and that he's part of the scene, but then you realize, oh, he's not there at all. And, yeah. and for her. It's a great magic trick. Yeah. And it is really well done. It really wrecked his career in a big way, I think, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, where that became like the thing that he was expected to do then is constantly create this sort of Twilight Zone situation of, oh, we didn't expect that to happen. When you don't need that, you know. Well, I think, you know, you could always pull a Hitchcock and like, you know, you make a different movie that's a, diff- a different sure. tonal movie. He could I have. Mean, yeah, you don't you don't you don't psycho it where yeah. it's like the psycho one. He he's his mom. Yeah. Ah! Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. the next one isn't a big twisty twist. Yeah. It's you know yeah. a bunch of birds or vertigo or yeah. rear window or so, whatever about rope Harry. or yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah. Knock yourself out. And again, my my big problem I mean, was when for he did Hitchcock. Of course, he already had a body of work before yes. he made Psycho, so he wasn't like pigeonholed. But that movie was basically. I think he made a film before it that was not as well known. Uh, M Night Shyamalan, and then there, then that movie and that. That movie just so, so defined who he was that, you know, Unbreakable has to have the twist and The Village has to have a twist. And it doesn't, but those movies yeah. didn't require It ruined that. the movies because you were waiting for the twist. Yeah. Whereas you didn't know there was a twist in the first one, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. let you enjoy the movie. And then sure. the twist happens and then you're fine. But it's like if you're just like constantly looking for clues. Yeah. 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 And then he did a movie and I don't think he directed it, but he wrote it. And it was, I think it was called The Devil or something. But like it was Devil. Like, it's called Devil, yeah. Devil. No. And it was like The Elevator. And mm-hmm. uh, that bothered me because uh, they didn't call it Elevator. <laughs> I'm like, well, then fuck off. There probably was already a movie called Elevator. Really? Yeah. Well, then buy the rights to that and mm-hmm. call your movie Elevator sure. as well, because your movie's about the devil in an elevator, and you're not calling Elevator, then you're not, you don't yeah. give a damn. But it's not really about the elevator; it's about the devil. Yeah, in an elevator. Yeah, yeah, but the elevator has nothing to do with. Like, it's not a scary elevator. No, but if you have the devil in an elevator, yeah. it's a elevator. Any <sighs> elevator the devil's in is a elevator. See, to me, that implies that the elevator is possessed in some way and it's evil. No, 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 no. It's just where the devil is. <laughs> the devil's in the elevator. Okay, Dave, I'm, I'm doing so a So wherever movie. the devil goes, it's hell? No, but if it's got a cool pun to it, yes. <laughs> if he goes to a shell station, I'm yeah. going to call it a hell station. It's a hell station? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if he goes to a helicarrier, I'm going to go, it's a helicarrier. Yeah. Car- you know, that's what I'm going to do. Helicopter. Anything yeah. like hell related. Yeah, but a uh, helevator, it's better. What's your name? Helicopter. If he rides in a helicopter, then it's... It's a helicopter. helicopter. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Next one. That's another example of a film where it's more of a Twilight Zone episode than it is a movie. Sure. Next one. A Coen Brothers film. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's how you make the Twilight Zone work, by the way, is you've got to make the, the thing itself interesting enough that you forget about the twist. If you're always just waiting for the twist at the end and everything's just setting up the twist, then you're going to have a very boring show and it's not going to work. Yeah. So knock it off. And that's the thing. <laughs> that, that was the thing with like Get Out that worked, whereas it did have, you know, a twisty twist. Yeah. But it was still so interesting. Yes. With the characters that you're fine. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, I like all these people. I'll just watch them. Oh, that was a twist? Great. That's a bonus. Yeah. But you yeah. can't make the bonus the only thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I agree with you. And, uh, and and that's a movie that I would like to watch again because it'd be fun to watch it in the context of knowing yeah. the storyline. There's a lot to it if you yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to read her description of this and then you have to guess. All right. That's what it is. Because I guess... Sound of music. No. Okay. I guess... You have no guess? I guess this is I my... Guess? It's about jeans. Uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. How do you know? <laughs> I guess this is my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Oh, no Raising terror, Arizona. No terror. Raising Arizona. No pit in my stomach suspense. But oh, Hudsucker Proxy. So much great Depression era detail and great comedic lines and performances. Oh, um, the uh, the singing one. Uh, the uh, the Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yes, the name comes from a uh, Preston Sturges film. Yes, it's basically like well, I guess it's not really anyway. It's great soundtrack. It's oh, pretty good. I love those. So- I love those songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to the point where I want to hear them again, but I really love them. <laughs> uh, I, I 
I enjoyed it pretty much when I saw it. It's not my favorite Coen Brothers film. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good, it's a good movie. And I think good Holly Hunter work, good uh, mm-hmm. Clooney work. Oh yeah, good whatever good that it. guy is. That guy, he's good. Uh yeah, it's Tim. Tim something doesn't matter. That's what he is. He's yeah. that guy. He's great. Yeah, he's good. He was good in Holes as well. Oh wow, we're going to Holes, are we? Why not? Okay, it's a good movie. Shia LaBeouf is good in Holes. Yeah, he's good in that as well. And so is this guy. He's also uh, he also directed a good movie with um. That actor that everyone gets mad at, Ed Wood. No, actor. Everyone gets mad at Ed Norton. Edward Norton. Okay, who was also in Edward Norton's The Hulk. He was going to be the villain in the next one. Oh, really? Yeah, he gets a little uh, juice in him at the end. He's going to oh, okay. be the leader. Okay. Uh, but that never ends up happening. I see. And so he did a film, a film called Blades of Grass, where Edward Norton, I think he plays, he's, yeah, he's like a kind of a straight-laced university professor who goes out to visit his brother i think who's uh has a is a drug dealer it grows pot uh grows uh, a hydroponic weed it's quite a good movie though oh cool i quite liked it tim blake nelson all right but the the film itself yeah you're right it's uh, and also uh isn't it based on the odyssey yes it's based on the odyssey yeah so you also have john goodman as a cyclops yes in it yeah and there's sirens in it yeah it was back when they used to when the coen brothers and wait wait there's Scylla and Charybdis in it. Who are? Scylla and Charybdis. Who are? They are. They are the tide and the. They're like the Lee tide. They're like. They're like ocean monsters in in the Odyssey that that dash ships against a rock ah, when, it, when, it, nice. when it gets stuck between them. Um and uh, what I was going to say about it that was back when the Coen Brothers used to end movies. Yes, they don't end them and anymore. Was, no, now they just like Dave. I guess sometimes life, life. Cut to a tornado in the distance. Oh, Roll I love credits. that movie. Roll credits. That's ah, too good. I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> no, we're not putting it down. I'm not going to complain about that. But they don't end. But they don't. No, but they don't right. end movies. They did No Country for Old Men. Yeah. And they realized, shit, this is a great way to end a movie. Just on a question. Yeah. Then did what was it? Uh, an honest man, a simple man, a serious man, uh, serious man. Oh, that's and a good that movie. one just ends. You know, like eh? that's, yeah. That's a movie that's much in the running for my favorite Coen Brothers film. I don't know if it'll ever displace Miller's Crossing. It's got the most Five-ish Finkel in it of any other Coen Brothers movie. you got to give it that. (laughs) Yeah. That's some good Five-ish Finkel. Who's Five-ish Finkel? He's the guy off the top. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, the the story of He's that guy. The story of the Five-ish Finkel. The Dubbick. Yeah. The Dubbick. Five-ish Finkel. Um, He was in Picket Fences. It's been a while since I watched... since I watched, but I do remember thinking how funny it was because it is really funny. Yes, their stupidity is stupendous and really good pomade and good uh, flooding yeah. scene. Yeah. So good, and the pomade so, floating by, beautiful. And it's one of the very one of the very first films that used uh, uh, color correction, uh, like post uh, post production, where it changed it toned down the colors to give it like the depression era look. Nice. And then everyone went, I love it. Let's do it to every movie that comes out. <laughs> We're gonna have oh, no, no more color in films. Oh no. No one expected that. How many of these films end with uh, the wrong lesson being learned? <laughs> Number whatever. Number whatever. The Prestige. Okay. He says, have you seen this one? So good with the Victorian era detail and the David Bowie role. Yes. As, as Tesla, I believe. Yeah, it. Bowie Hugh, is great as Tesla. Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale are so good. Yes, it always gets confused with that other movie. That was like yes, that came out around the same time. But right? yeah, this is the turn, the prestige. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I I use that quite a bit. Um, no, very <laughs> very enjoyable, especially especially like uh, Bowie's Tesla. Yeah, um, and yeah, I forget what's being replicated outside of Tesla's place. Is it hats? 
Am I getting it right? It's something black. It's hats or something. It's being there's, replicated? Yeah, there's like a replication thing that's happening over and over again. Okay. Isn't, or am I confusing movies I, now? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I anyway. saw this movie. I saw it. Let me just say this. I remember I liked it. I remember I like Bowie. Yeah. I like, I like, I mean, I like the whole thing, actually. I remember liking it. But uh, again, I'm confusing it a little bit with the other movie at the same time (laughs) that I'm confusing it with. But yes. Christopher uh, Nolan, right? Is it Christopher Nolan? Is it hats? God damn it. It's hats, right? All right. Hey, Dave, vamp. I'm not sure where it came in in Christopher Nolan's career. Uh, He's a very up and down director for me. Like, there's, I like, I really like Memento. I didn't like Insomnia very much. I'm pretty sure he did Insomnia with Al Pacino as the policeman who's investigating Robin Williams, right? Yeah, Robin Williams. In Alaska, Williams. yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't think of that, of that film very much. The Prestige, I liked I liked it, but I don't. it doesn't stick in my mind at all, which is weird because I, I know that it's, and it's a film that I feel like I should rewatch because I didn't see it in like the most ideal circumstances. I was actually uh, tied to a, a, a car that was going down, barreling down a hill towards a lake. Uh, it's a complicated story. Um, the the end result was I died. Oh, but um, I you know while while watching the Prestige, and it just doesn't stick in my mind at all. <laughs> it's as if I was distracted by my imminent death. Yeah. You know, but but then we cloned you, and uh, now we're here, <laughs> and then we had to destroy the original version. of Clone you. High. Oh, Clone High is good too. It is good. Number people that did Clone something. High, I believe, are the people that are doing the new Spider-Man movie. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks good. Next movie. Yes, sir. I love this movie. Do you? Is it love actually? My favorite part of this is the scene where the crew is all around the dining area eating and just hanging out, dot, 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 right before John Hurt jumps up and slams himself down on the table, etc. Oh, this is the one where he's the gay cop. Yeah. Yes, with Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. Partners. Called Gay Cop. (laughs) Original title, Partners. Yeah. Later changed to Gay Cop. No, you're talking, of course, about Alien, the story of a luckiest cat in the universe. Yes, Jones. (laughs) Jonesy. I, I just the, also were, the most murderous cat, since it seems to to try and lure everyone into the into the alien path. Yeah, it made a deal with the alien. Yeah, yeah. like listen, they all let you live. I mean, listen, a cat can relate sure. to this killing machine. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's I'm a, a killing machine, you're a killing machine. machine. Yeah. Let's make a deal here. You don't want to eat little cat. Yeah, that's not going to get get you sure. nothing. No, that's right. You want like uh, you want Yaffa uh, Yeah, there's some meat on those bones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you saw sure. him in that James Bond movie. You can blow him up real nice and big, and it's <laughs> a lot of your babies in that guy. Sure, sure. The Kananga. Mr. Kananga in that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Alien is a great movie. And what's what I like about it so much isn't... I mean, the story is great and everything. But what I really like about it is the, is like the art direction of it. And using... Basically, it like took everyone from Jodorowsky's ill-fortuned ill, uh, Dune project mm-hmm. and put them into Alien. Because it, it has Mobius, who was supposed to do design work sure. for, for Dune. He, he designed the spacesuits. In, in Alien. It has H.R. Uh, Giger. Puff and stuff. H. R. <laughs> it, has, it has his magic flute in the movie. Yeah. Which represents a penis. <laughs> represents always. <laughs> so if you want to play it. H.R. Uh, Giger. <laughs> who's your friend when things get weird? <laughs> things get weird. <laughs> who's the man who has fear of women? H.R. Geiger. I don't know how you say his name. A guy, I always said a Geiger, but then I've heard you it can't pronounced. Can't do a little, but you can't do enough. Turns out he's from. It turns out he's from Switzerland, which has that makes sense. which has three different languages. So you don't know what the heck you're, how you're supposed to pronounce it. Is it yeah. does it have a German pronunciation? Is it Gigi? Is it is it Italian? Is how it? Did you know you couldn't. Uh, so, but I brought him in, and he designed the alien spaceship. He designed, of course, the alien, so famously the xenomorph, as it's called. He. And then it also had, I can't remember his name, uh, 
But another guy who worked on Dune, who was designing spaceships, he designed like the Nostromo. Uh, it's yeah, it's just a it's just a, a wonderfully designed movie. It this creates this beautiful this world, and then it just lets you set this film in it, and it's a really well done horror movie. It has a great alien. It has a great yeah. conspiracy plot in it. That's you know kind of late seventies, uh, still hating the man. So that's you know corporations yeah. boo, which is kind of interesting because it changed from. Sorry, that was my phone. Your phone doesn't like it when you talk my, bad about corporations. My parking is getting low. Uh, the um, you know before it was the government. Yeah. And then this is that changeover to corporations becoming evil, and yeah. you can see that late seventies twist in the film as well. Sigourney Weaver is wonderful in the movie. She does sure. a great role, but not just her, but every, all the actors in that film are really good. It's a great ensemble cast of of people who, you know, were a, it's a strange mix of people like um, Tom Skerritt who plays the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, was in Mash. You know, so ten years before he was in this kind of big hit movie. But what he did after that, I don't really know. He just kind of like, I guess he was an actor, so he did acting stuff. But then he's yeah. in this movie and does a great job in it. You know, Yafet Koto is great. Um, that guy who looked already looked ninety years old when the movie <laughs> when he's doing the movie. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, what's his name? I'm just thinking of movies. He's in trying to hopefully remember his name. Why did, why am I blanking I on the name of this actor? If you that, need to look it up. He was in up. you know he was in Twin Peaks as well. And, and yeah, old old guy. Yeah, Mr. Old. You, you guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah, old from the get go. It'll occur to me like when I'm driving home tonight. Sure. I'll be driving along. I'll go him, Grandpa. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just so many. And then uh, Veronica Cartwright, who I th- love. I love her when she plays that nervous role. She's great in, in uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers as well, the, the version with um, Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Who was also in MASH. Who was hey also man. in MASH with hey Tom Scarry. Just keep all, going around and around. Keep going, that's right. And uh, the Xenomorph was also in MASH. <laughs> Also in my, <laughs> yes, that's right. He he was the pill that's that right. uh, that pa- the painless took. Uh, that's right. In the, during the suicide, suicide is painless. The xenomorph is not. <laughs> so yeah, so I just love that movie. I think it's a great film. Agreed. And I'm not a huge fan of Ridley Scott. And but, I think it's uh, a really good. Uh, it's a re- a good I always think of it as a prequel to Aliens versus Predator Two. That's how I always think of it too. Yeah, it really sets that, up a lot of the yeah. stuff that Aliens versus mm-hmm. Predator Two mm-hmm. finally delivers on. And you're for like, sure. ah, now this all makes I sense. I understand. This movie here is where the scares are. Yeah. This movie. Yeah. Also, what I like about the film is how clever the alien—not the alien itself, but how clever the idea of it is with the egg, mm-hmm. and then the then the the face hugger, and then the body. Yeah. I get it. It's an emergency. You, you go on by. Everyone take a drink. We don't know how much longer this is going to last. I hate it now, but I'll miss it one day. <laughs> the, uh, this, I just, you know, this, it's really well thought out, the, the monster and stuff like that. Um, I can't think of the name of the writer now, but he also worked on Dune. That's why so many people, he was, he was a writer, but he wrote Dark Star, the, the first John Carpenter film. Oh, okay. Or co-wrote it with John Carpenter, I guess. And then, he was brought onto the Dune project, but he was doing special effects for that movie, and then he came on as a writer for for Alien. I can't think of his name. I'm sorry. I, it's okay. You know, Look, it's as if I didn't prepare. Lot, we're going through a lot of movies. And it's as if I didn't prepare uh, for these films. Okay. So, hooray for Alien! I'm hoping people are are yelling at me. All right. So the next movie on Laurel's list. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Is uh, I do love this film so very much. Can you guess it from her description? Okay. Saw this at the theater when I was in high school. Oh, okay. E.T. Loved it then. Okay. Love it still. Uh, well, John love it, so it would have to be high school high. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. 
Oh, all right. Oh, in the theater. That's interesting. Yeah. Again, I think we've talked about this, how uh, every time I saw it when I was a kid, it was off-putting to me because I never knew when it ended because it ended just completely abruptly, right? It yeah, just yeah. ends. Yeah. And so I didn't think it was over. Mm. And then it would be like, oh, they cut it off, these stupid CBC. <laughs> oh, da- dopes. And usually it was on really late. Mm. So it would be like a two in the morning when it was ending. And I'm like, oh, now it's the... Uh, Canadian National Anthem, watching birds fly. I saw it in the theater as well because they reissued, they re-released it to theaters mm. sometime when I, in the in the eighties. Yes, they did. And so I saw it. I think I saw it three times in the same theater. Oh. I went three different nights in a row because I loved it so much. Saw the hat trick. I uh, saw so, yes. Uh, so I went each night that was playing because uh, in those days movies were cheap as dirt. It seemed to me as a as a kid with a a uh, substantial income as a paperboy. I was able to uh, go afford to go to movies, and I went and saw that three times. I just I thought oh, it was the cat's great. pajamas. I really liked it, so I didn't have a problem that you did. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the sort of the, the way you should see a meta film like that, which is in the theater, where the meta elements of it really play out: the film breaking at the end, the credits being hijacked by, yeah. you know, and then by the Swedish uh, t- tourism board. That's right. And then becoming, uh, then turning into the the llama element of it, uh, and just all those things that worked so well. You know, because it was basically designed to be a film and to be this sort of very meta experience where you have, you know, layers. You have the modern times layering, n- not just modern times, but the modern times become part of the of the of the medieval times of it as well. Because you know, the historian goes to talk and then he gets killed by a knight yes. riding by on a horse. The police, you know, end the film yes. uh, by covering up the camera. You know, putting their hands over the camera as if you're seeing actual like. Uh, you know, riot uh, from that time period from the that the, they grew up in when the, you know during the the sixties, the uprisings of the sixties and stuff like that, the student demonstrations in Paris or whatever. You know, so you'd sort of see these things that are echoed in the film. And you know, apparently it was a miserable experience for everyone in Monty Python yeah, to make that film. Cold. It was wet. It was cold. They actually weren't wearing chainmail. They were wearing sweaters that looked like chainmail, and so they would get damp, and then just get really heavy, and just be really droopy and really unpleasant, and then. All their planning, they done all this planning to, and they scouted all these different castles, uh, and then just as they were about to make the movie, uh, the British Heritage Society, whatever it's called, they just took away their ability to use those castles. So they took away all the castles they had planned to use, leaving them with one castle that was privately owned, which became every castle in the movie <laughs> except for Camelot, which was actually just a cutout on a hill yeah. that you know looked like it was in the distance, you know, and and they even say it to you. They go, oh, it's just a cutout. You know, so it just it keeps referencing things. The, the coconut shells, everything, because you know it's you know, they were used for practical purposes are incorporated into the film. It's a it's a brilliant movie all around. It's, it's my it's my favorite Monty Python film. To it's it's like the last three that you've talked about, like the, um, the Alien and, and Sixth Sense and, uh, and this one, especially those all felt like experiences in the theater. They were really mm-hmm. good to watch in a theater. Yeah, you know that yeah. means you know with other people and the other people reacting. You've I've gone never, on a journey together mm-hmm. and you're looking around at each other like, what am I seeing? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, you know, uh, it's fine to watch them at home on the screen. That's how I saw if, Alien. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to go to theater. It came, out, came out when I was in grade eight. But imagine like in a theater and you don't know what you're going to see. Yeah. And that's what you see. Sure. That'd blow your mind. That'd just be, that'd just be such a great ride. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's what I chase when I go to a movie. It's like that experience of like being in a theater with people and just going, what? What? Yeah. That what is was a, that? What? That is so we got cool. a little bit of that recently, I think, with the end of Infinity War. Where like, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. like, what's going on? We're yeah. all looking at her like, yeah, yeah. what's this about? 
what's everyone's kind of wandering out what what did i just see what was that about sure yeah uh but uh but these especially uh, just fantastic yes uh, i saw uh spam a lot i think twice okay and did not uh super care for it it was okay yeah uh but it just was like too self-referential and too mm. Mm. and now they're making that into a movie which i don't know if that's the greatest idea in the world sure. it feels weird to remake what was already they did it with the producers i guess it could became a stage show that became a movie yes that is true that is true yeah that's true but i to me i feel i don't know i'm not a big fan of modern monty python i you know i love their tv show and i love their movies but i just whenever i like watch a dvd and they have like python-esque elements to it i just feel like ugh. there's something about there's something that they need to be in their time period, referencing that time period. Yeah, it's what we were talking about earlier. But like, you're a comedian, and you yeah. only got a certain window of relevancy. That's, yeah, and then your nostalgia mm-hmm. and charm. <laughs> you so, know, that's all you have left going for you. Yeah, which is fine. You can you can you can live on nostalgia and uh, charm. But I, I agree with you, Laurel. That movie is what I like to call a fucking good movie. Next one, I have not seen this film. Okay, give me a description. There's a scene deep into this movie in which Tom uh, Hardy's. Uh, uh, it's uh, holes. Because it's uh, that's a scene about a lot of like holes that are deep. <laughs> Tom Hardy's face changes so incredibly, turning his character from one persona to another, and it's mind blowing. Is that the one where he's playing the twins, the uh, the gangster? It's not twins? the Crave, not the Crave brothers. Okay, uh, changes one face to another. Well, it's well, clearly Venom. I think this is me. She's just referring to the acting. Ah, oh, very good. Sorry, what the movie's that? called The Drop. Yeah, I've not seen it either. Well, the hell with it, Sam. Let's just keep going. Sorry, Laurel. We have not seen no that No one's film. seen that movie, Laurel. Why, why even but do let me this? Say, well, let me no, say no, this. No, no, no. Let me say In this. Of... Let me say this. No, let me say this. No, no let me say this. Okay. Screw that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Okay. What I want to say is I really admire Tom Hardy as an actor. And I really I agree with you in th- that he's an actor that changes from film to film. Like like you see him like he's almost unrecognizable to me in, in uh, The Revenant. Mm. Not only is he unrecognizable, he's un, un, you know, he's undecipherable what he's saying but also he just looks so different in that movie he can just change his body language his look so so well from film to film my favorite movie that he's in is the uh movie just say venom no it's not it's not that one it's he is is actually he is but i haven't seen that one but inception i just like his character because he plays a different character than you see he's a very classy almost james bond character in that film and i really like him in that role where he's just because it's so different what you normally see him doing where he often plays sort of thuggish characters your imagination dear boy yes now here's what i'm going to suggest because he's good at playing like he plays the twins okay the The Cray brothers yeah and what's that movie called the Cray Brothers? Is it just called the? Cray I think it's Cray? called the Craze. Okay, Craze. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. So, um, so what I'm gonna say is like, okay. play brothers again. Okay. Make it the Hardy Boys. Plays both of them. Oh. And he's like, it's Hardy, but it's the Tom Hardy. The yeah, Tom Hardy Boys. Yeah, basically because it's Hardy, but yeah, playing yeah. the Hardy Boys. Sure, sure. But they're grown up. Okay. And then, and they've been through some shit. Yeah. And maybe they haven't spent some time together. But okay. now they got to get back together again to sure, solve sure. a mystery. Okay. And it's both of them as Tom Hardy. Oh. Hardy as the Hardy Boys. Sure, sure. Wouldn't you see that? I'd see that. Do they? St- Let me just ask this though before we go too far. Do they still refer to Chet Morton as their chum? Of course they do, okay, but only then. because he's always carrying a bucket of chum. <laughs> Poor Chet. That's right. And they use him as bait. Poor Chet. You know his problem? He was a redhead. Yeah. That seemed to be a real a real knock against him. Yeah, he was a real Donnie Most. Yep. <laughs> Next one. References to the earlier parts of the show. Yeah, I got it. It was a callback. I know. It's nice. It's nice because it rewards people that listen it this shows, far deep. It shows six years of training. 
<laughs> yep. Now we couldn't do this in our first episode. Oh no, no. Go back and listen to our first episode. Oh my gosh. Oh wait, I've got a, actually a clip of our first episode. Okay. I'm just going to play a little bit of sure, it. Sure, sure. Okay, here we go. And this is the first episode. I'm just going to play it. Okay. Hi everybody, welcome to Sneaky Dragon. Derp, derp, derp. Dive, dive. Derp, derp, derp. No, you missed. Shut up, Dave. I've got talking to say. <laughs> derp, derp, derp. You're missing what element what? of it? What? You're missing what? What? Says. Hello, everyone. Welcome oh. to Sneaky Dragon. We're having some microphone troubles this episode. Uh, uh, I hope you enjoy the show. What are dragons? <laughs> We're gonna name our favorite dragons now. Yeah, what are your favorite dragons? I like Prince Dragon, Dave. And that was a anyway, clip from our first episode. That was pretty good. Felt felt like we I was We need there to bury again. that with the cartridges of E.T. <laughs> I know they dug those up. The cartridges of E.T.? Yeah. Those uh, Atari E.T. cartridges. Oh, were they buried in the desert or something? Yeah, and then they dug them up. Huh. Yep. So, we got to take that hole and throw our show into it <laughs> from back then. Okay. I just got a message from Eve that she turned on uh, Baby's Light, but didn't feed her. So All right. I'll have to feed the chicken. Well, turn again. on your heart light as well while you got a chance. This. Turn on your love light, baby. Uh, next movie. I've not seen this film either. I'm Describe sorry. it, please. She says, I'm betting neither of you have seen this goofball comedy. Well, the hell with you then. If you're going to have that kind of attitude, <laughs> then maybe, you know, maybe send this to stop podcasting yourself. Maybe, maybe they're going to do your movies. You like it so much. <laughs> wow. Very lowbrow. Yeah. Why don't you send it to This American Life? See if they give a shit. Oh, yeah. Ira Glass. Talk about lowbrow. Very lowbrow, very corny, but a very sweet and funny story in which two best lifelong friends, played by Joy, Joe Pesci and Danny Glover. Uh, gone fishing? Yeah. <laughs> Willie, Nelson, Willie Nelson makes a great cameo appearance. I have not seen Gone Fishing. I'm I so sorry. I, I, I like the poster. Okay. Seem to be but it has Joe Pesci, who no longer acts, and Danny Glover, who no longer doesn't act. But occasionally gets uh, confused with Danny Glover. And people go, oh, look who's... Ca- oh, it's... Uh, oh, no. It's, that it's, is Danny Glover. We're talking about Danny Glover, right? Oh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Because they get mixed up with... The, yeah. the other Glover. Yeah. Well, Danny Glover's name, other name is Adultish Gambino. <laughs> so that's the... A lot of... But I will give this movie a shot if you're saying it's good. I'll give it a, I'll give it a look. It, it comes on the TV. I'll, well, uh, I'll watch it. She didn't say it was good. She said it's goofball, lowbrow, corny, yeah. but sweet. Wait a minute. Is this why she likes our show? Yes. Oh, well, you had me up until the last bit. Then it sounded like I was I was being self-effacing, and then, uh, then you had the funny thing at the end, and it ruined it. Oh, okay. dear. All right. We haven't seen it. Sorry. Haven't uh, I assume it. there's fishing. Uh, I also always confuse it with the Seth Green, like, without a net or something, or something like that, up, where they're up, all no, up, up the, the river? creek. Up the creek? Uh, I think it's up the creek. Up the creek. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused with, uh, with that. With him, uh, Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Oh, we said it at the same time. Jigs, one, two, three. And then uh, who else? We can't. Oh, sorry. I take it away. I can't remember how you take it off. I have to say your name. Ian Boothby. Ian Boothby. Ian <laughs> there you Boothby. go. Okay, thank you. Yes, that's almost the way forgot. you remove a jinx. I almost forgot how to remove a jinx. It's been a while since I jinxed someone. Whew. This call me Sabrina, the teenage boy. I know. Well, enough with the laughter then. <laughs> that's a laughter. Yes, you must sign this book. Why are you scared to sign this book? A Hard Day's Night is the last film on her list. 
and a worthy film to be on your list. Well, let me tell you something. Yes. We have talked about that. We have talked about that film quite we a bit. We have previously talked about that. If you oh, want to where, hear us talk. Where, where could you hear that? Uh, you yeah. could hear that on our uh, our podcast. Oh, we got this one wrong, uh, which is where <laughs> we, uh, we, we talk about movies uh, that we've seen uh, that should be in another podcast, yeah. but in the wrong podcast. We just put on the wrong podcast. Yeah, yeah it's called We've Got This One we Wrong. We've Got This One Wrong. Uh, no, it would be complete, great completely Beatles. Mm-hmm. It's near the end. It's not our yep. last episode, but I think it's like second to second last, to last episode yep. where we it's do a, the movies. What what I like to call our penultimate episode. Yeah, you would. Um, and so, yeah, we talk in depth, but we both very much like it. Oh, of yeah. course, the music is amazing. The music is amazing. The sense of humor is great. Uh, it came out at just the right time. Sure. Uh, the pacing is perfect. It's mm-hmm. got a lovely bunch of bizarreness. Yeah. The dirty old man grandpa. Oh my gosh, he's so good. Yeah. Uh, so he's very clean. Wilfred Bramble. Because the joke on that was he was known as a dirty old man, so they kept yes. calling him. Very he was clean. on. He was on a sitcom called Steptoe and Son, That's which was right. the basis of Sanford and Son, the American sitcom, where he played a junk dealer. Who was a right. he would deal heroin a, to people and a you know dirty yes. dealer and stuff like that. So yes, do you say he dealt heroin? Yeah, he's a junk dealer. I, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, she says, Laurel says, once when I was a kid, this was shown on TV, and I recorded the whole thing on cassette, which I listened to over and over. So have much of it memorized. Not much fun for others to watch it with me now. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I I saw this film when I was quite young. Because I love the Beatles, and it really blew my mind. One thing that blew my mind about it was how, very particularly the train sequence with the old man. Yeah. It reminded me so much of the Marx Brothers. When they're running outside the yes. train, it's like an impossible gag. Yes. And that just made me love the Beatles so much. You know, when you're a little kid, of course, you assume, you, you ascribe what people are doing in a movie to them, to them, not to the fact that... You know, it was written by a, a writer, Alan Owen. It was directed by Richard Lester. You don't know that. You just think, well, these Beatles are being themselves. And but the and this movie basically set the persona of the Beatles for the rest of their careers. They can never quite escape how this film portrays them. Sure. And it's partly honest. Alan Owen did travel with them for a couple of weeks to kind of get their lives and get the rhythm of who they were and how they talked and stuff like that. And he transplanted that into the film. But... At the same time, he kind of simplified them as well. He he kind of he basically softened their edges because oh, sure, they were sure. kind of rough lads. Yeah, and he softened that element of it and kind of made them presentable to to the public. But that film is like a snippet of 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 British culture just on the verge of becoming swinging, you know. So you yeah. have the, the the Victor Spinetti as the TV director, the the scene where they bring George Harrison into the uh, to test him to test his taste on this on this girl, girl who I think he calls Grody. And it's a, you know, which of course they didn't say, but it was made up by Alan Owen, but then it becomes a word. And just, it goes, it just, yeah, it's just great. It's a great film. And uh, it's, uh, could you imagine you're a Beatles fan then? You've heard the music. Sure. When are you going to see them in concert? You're not Mm -hmm. really, maybe you'll see them on TV. Yeah. A little bit. And then you go into a movie theater Mm -hmm. and you just hear, drang. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like full in. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. It's just, it's way better than it should be. Yeah. Way better than right. it should be. Yeah, it is. Oh, what a time. For what the, for the budget. It'd be so great to have. watch people enjoying yeah. it back then. Yeah. Oh, just not like, just them, what but an experience. David Crosby, uh, who in, was probably pre Birds, but was, you know, a folk singer and stuff like that, saw that movie with Roger McGuinn uh, at that time, uh, now Jim McGuinn, but at the time, or is it the other way around? It doesn't matter. But they saw that movie 
and just left the theater and swung around a lamppost because they were so excited by it and and it just opened up their their lives yeah, to yeah, to yeah. The, the, this next stage yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of music of of this could be ours too you know sure, like sure. so it was inspiring as well it just inspired like this new generation of musicians and stuff like that of to to go out there and grab for that brass ring it's an it's an amazingly good movie yeah. although I prefer Let It Be. But that's just because of the concert. Just because of the concert at the end. Which I just love. I love watching the Beatles enjoy themselves playing music at the end of okay. that movie. It's like you go through this struggle and strife and everything to get to this moment where, wait, it this, is great. This is what it's all this about. This is so much fun. This is, this is, this is who we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great moment in a movie. It all melts away, yeah. So Laurel finishes. She says, uh, I have a couple more that I considered adding on, but I won't. So that dear Ian can finish up the show oh, at a reasonable bless. time. Thank and you get on so home. much. And I David, have so much work to do tonight. <laughs> and David, you need to get home and get some sleep. He does. This is not wrong. He's also cold. It's a very cold office today. <laughs> I'm so worried about him. Uh, then she says, always love and look forward to the show. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, make it worthwhile. You make it worth doing this for another six years. Um, <laughs> what? And yeah, this might be the last episode that we do here at uh, this Hell Kitty Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to move Hell Kitty Studios to another location. So it's, things might sound different next time. And have we got guests on next week's show? Guess who? Oh my gosh. Yep, the band, the Guess Who is going to be there. Gonna be on the we show got Randy Bachman. Run. We got Burton Cummings. Burton Cummings. We've got Jane Sibbery. Wait, We've what? got Stomp and Tom Connors. <laughs> We've no, got Ian Tyson. Wow. We've got uh, uh, Topo Gigio. We have a sugar cube <laughs> uh, that can tell riddles. What? Wait, we got what? Sorry? A sugar cube that can tell riddles. Okay. Wow. That's right. Sweetums. The Sweetums, the jokey uh, sh- uh, sugar, sugar cube. cube. Yeah. That's right. That sounds great. We got so much stuff coming up. No, that is we, fantastic. What, what we've fantastic got show is we uh, the third dragon will be returning. Nina. Nina Matsumoto, who you may know from uh, as the artist from the book Sparks, which uh, she she drew a book. Oh, it's so good. I can't tell you how much I like it because I wrote it. And it would feel weird if I did. Uh, but it's called Sparks. It's in bookstores now. What a great Christmas gift that would be. Or Hanukkah gift. Or just a gift as a surprise. Just something you can, you can put To on, yourself. You can just add as a, on, on Twitter. As a I would say buy it. You should, you should buy it. And Dave okay. colored it. Beautiful did, colors. Like, colored. oh, all the colors of the rainbow except for blue. Because he objects to blue. I do. On a personal level. I don't like, I don't like feeling blue. But uh, Nina will be joining us. And I'm not going to tell you, you may know You may know Nina from her appearances on the show. Was she on the show before? She's been on the show before. Huh. Yep. Many times. In which she huh. steadily has to go to the bathroom more and more. Well, we'll see. This is yeah. it's actually going to work out because next week she's going to be very close to a bathroom. That's true. That's right. We're going to actually put her in the bathroom. Like about, she'll be about yeah. three feet from the bathroom. Sure. And it's ch- a bathroom that occasionally locks people into it. Well, the new show, because of the limited space, we actually cannot see each other during the entire show. Oh, good. You're upstairs. Yeah. I'm downstairs. I finally, I finally in the do the show without pants yeah. like I've always wanted to. <laughs> This all works out. That's never stopped you before. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> Shanghai Nights. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Nina is bringing along a uh, a chum, and I'm not going to tell oh, you a bucket. Yes, a okay. bucket of fun. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who they are. Oh, but I will tell you this much. Okay, they host a podcast. Like they us. also host a podcast. Like us. They also host a podcast. Like us. They also host a podcast. Oh, that's. That I think that's the amount of podcasts we host. Five, right? Wait, you is it five? No, I I'm part of four. Yeah, you're part of five. Yeah, yeah, you're similar to this guy. Okay. Uh, and, Only less uh, successful. And uh, he's from the Americas. 
Oh, I'll tell you that much. I don't like this. And they have a, a very successful, fun podcast that I enjoy listening to. One more clue. Nina was on it recently. One oh. of uh, one of their podcasts. Okay. And so I'm delighted to have them on our show. Uh, so we're going to be having a little chin wag about some different stuff. And so uh, it's going to be a delightful time. And uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of us taking breaks to pee. I like your optimism. I, I look forward to it. And it'll probably be the first time we've ever done the show where we have a cat walking by every so often uh, wanting to be fed. Yeah, pretty much. That's my cat. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That darn cat. Yeah. It's waking me up in the morning now by like... Uh, Biting poking, your face. Poking my chin. Oh. Like with its claws, like going poke, 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 oh, poke, wow. poke, poke, poke. Oh, wow. It's not ever cutting. It's not yeah. ever whatever, but it's just like, hey, how about some sharp claws on your chin? Can you can you sleep through this? Hmm. Can you sleep through this? Yeah. Nope. Okay. Well, I guess we're getting up then. I, 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 I want to stop this behavior somehow. Yeah. Risa just meows at me, but she doesn't have a great meow. Her meow is... Meow. Like I, I like a cat that kind of has the more meow. No, we'll train. But not train a, your cat. Not a ma. Yeah. Me. Me hey. mamo. Huh. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's actually a fully talking cat. It just, well, it's, it's, I'm just giving you the essence of what it's saying. It just it feels like, it just feels abrupt and not very polite. By the way, and I haven't gotten to the end of Sabrina. It uh-huh. bugs me that, Sabrina, uh, that uh, Salem doesn't talk at this point because he's the yappiest cat on the TV show. Meow. Yeah, like, lesson, Sabrina. And I was like, well, why is this cat talking? Oh, speaking of uh, supernatural things, uh, I did mention the Exorcisters comic a little earlier you on. did. Uh, hey, issue number one is still uh, on shelves in some comic stores. They've reordered. Uh, we had some nice orders for number one. Why not pick up number two uh, shortly when that comes out? Why not tell your friends Exorcisters is the comic for you? It's more than just a name of a comic book. Yeah, there's also content inside. Mm-hmm. And people, the reviews have been nice. So it's been, yes, that's they've been, been really good. good. So, uh, I've so, read many of them because you post them. So pick them up. And there you go. Or, there you go. Uh, if you want to contact David and myself, by gosh, we love to hear from you, as we've just proven uh, yeah. through, through our show. Uh, you can do so uh, <laughs> at uh, sneakydragon.com. That is our webpage where we post our episodes underneath said episodes there's a message board area why not post there why not make a comment exactly we're not going to sell your information to uh advertisers or russians or uh the dutch no least of all and they will force you to split a meal with them (laughs) because that is what they do that is true uh, and it's always a pancake. Yes. Oh, they're good pancakes. Mm. Uh, you can go to Facebook, uh, Sneaky Dragons on there. You can go to Twitter, Sneaky underscore Dragon. You might go to Tumblr, SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. Any mm. place like that. You can also drop us a line, uh, give us a note, give us your list of top 10 movies. Or uh, suggest what you want us to do on future episodes when finally this movie thing uh, d- does dies, its, down. dies down. Yeah. We used to have a thing where Dave did uh, music. And then he spun off a podcast from it. Things happen here, man. <laughs> shit, shit goes down over six years. Sure. Things grow. Things die. Things, things get strong. Things yeah. get weak. Uh-oh. Oh, we we laugh. We cry. We get cold. We get hot. Whoa. Oh, and our hairlines recede. It's that's very true. No, that's actually we got we both got really good we got hair. Nice, we got nice. We got nice hair. We got nice hair. But Look I, at our I, hair. I will say that my hairline is steadily moving backwards. Is it? Mm. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, I can I can hook you up with some stuff from uh, my friend Gail Simone. She uh, knows a way of uh, dealing with that. If you, we can talk about that, we'll oh, talk okay. about that later. Yeah. If you want, it's fine. It depends. If you want, do you want it to do you want it to uh, maintain or do you, do you care? Oh, it's maintaining, but it's just you know over time. Okay. Do you want it to stop? It's fine. We can talk about that. You tell you tell. <laughs> we'll talk later. Sure. All right. Anyway, so please join us next week uh, for uh, Nina Matsumoto Three Dragons uh, plus special American guest. Wow. Hachi machi, new location, maybe a cat, people urinating, (laughs) 
Good times. Here comes the next six years, motherfuckers. Three dragons and an eagle. Check this shit out.